You never know when it's gone live, do you? No. I think it's live. Hello, Mr. Francis. Is that a black pill I can see dangling before you? Oh, no, it's it a microphone. Oh, it, it happens black, to be. This is oh, the, the, this black, is... the black pill. This is the, the symbolic pill, black pill, black pill moment. Black pill. Yeah. So we, we got onto this because I did an interview with a guy called Wheat Waffles yesterday, who's a kind of black pill guy per se. Um, also 20% he claims red pill, but I don't want to get too, too into the technicals of, of percentages of what people say they are because it's all theoretical to a large degree, isn't it anyway? Um, mm. But I mean, yeah, what do you, I mean, first of all, to, to sum up guys, the, to, 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 to kind of sum up <clears throat> what, what the black pill and looks money status are to maybe guys that didn't see the interview or just, yeah, you know, want clarity. How would you kind of summarize those two concepts? Well, it seems to me that the black pill is fundamentally saying that the key determining factor in attraction is looks. So, the the, the overwhelming thing that you can do in order to be attractive is to be good looking. And if you're and the the personality stuff the learned traits, social skills and things play a much smaller role. In fact, they almost play a negligible role and looks is the main thing. Now, then beyond that, you've also got um, money and status as well. But uh, when you were talking to Wheat Waffles yesterday, what he said was that actually the black pill is pretty much now focused on, on just looks. But there's, so it's, there's a little bit of an unknown quantity about the degree to which some of those those guys think that look that status and money also play into the equation. So I think that's that's where I see it. I think looks is the main thing, and then somewhere behind that, you've got money and status as well as playing a, a role in terms of male female attraction. Yeah, and, uh, and what we don't want to do today is obviously start riling up debates between oh, you know, red pill thinking and black pill thinking. It's more about uh, as it always is: is try and take. There's always fifty shades of grey, aren't there? There's always different yeah. sides to every story. There's different perspectives. There's overlaps. The we, we're kind of thinking, yeah, grey areas, and and we want to try and take the good from different sides and just think, right, what's the most practical way of, of applying all this stuff in 2021? Yeah, definitely, because I don't know that you necessarily have to be entirely aligned with one pill. I mean, people say I'm red pill and I, but red pill is just a word. It's just a, a, an internet meme, isn't it? I mean, I prefer to think about looking at things in terms of reality as much as you possibly can, whether you want to say that's red pill or black pill or whatever it's that the, the terms that we're using here are somewhat superfluous, right? What's key is, okay, so with the information in front of us, how can we proceed and have the best life that we can possibly manage? Yeah, I agree. I, I think people probably use the terminology because it's an easy way of kind of, it's almost saying like, what what blend of Christianity are you, isn't it? It's, yeah. It's, an easy way of, it's good to have a doctrine there that you can kind of follow in rough times and you can kind of fall back on. But yeah, essentially yeah. it is all just kind of, not hearsay, but theoretical to a large degree. And it's about almost amalgamating a blend that suits you on a personal level. Yeah, um, but I, I do also think that there's, a bit of straw manning goes on, probably on both, probably on both sides. To be fair, I suspect that there are some people in the red pill camp who straw man the black pill a little bit, but I think that certain people in the black pill also straw man people on this side of the debate, and they will sort of say, "Oh, well, you guys, you guys think looks don't matter. You guys think that travel, you know, to geo maxing, travel to a different location in order to to meet more attractive girls or to to up your SMV. You guys don't believe in that." 
But those are things that we absolutely do believe in. So I think that there's a lot more sort of overlap in terms of the beliefs than people might imagine. So let's, let's start with maybe what the black bill and, and looks money status is on point with. So mm. predominantly the looks argument. Um, I mean, mm. I, I, I use this anecdote before, um, but it's true. Like as a good looking guy, you know, charging around before at uni, not game aware at all. Um, I, I know I wasn't really doing any sort of damage. Um, yeah. As I said before, I was getting with some people, but they were choosing me. It, they were not desirable women um, per se. Um, so I know just from real, real life experience, being a decent looking dude, that looks alone do not <clears throat> account for, you know, supposedly, I mean, again, I don't want to keep quoting this Wheat Waffles guy because everyone's got different opinions, but... He, he came up with a figure of 70% of, of what women care about as looks. I know from being a good-looking guy with height at uni that that isn't the case um, mm. because I wasn't, doing, I, wasn't, I wasn't doing anything, right? I, I was sleeping with some people, but they were not the type of girls you want to be getting with. Well, and, and it's very much from choosing me. Um, so you, you could, his argument was, yeah, well, at least you're still getting some action based on your looks. And that's true, but is that really representative of, of kind of that solves the problem alone? Because by that logic, I should be pulling tens or whatever, right? Well, I, it seems to me from reading through comment sections and watching some of the Blackpill material that a lot of the guys think that effectively, if you are a Chad, so if you are, say, plus eight in the scale, then there is no problem. It just falls in your lap. You know, and from what you're saying and your personal experience, that is that is not the case. Right. And certainly in my observation. Right. Uh, you know, working with dudes who I would say fall into that category. I mean, it, it's it, it just doesn't really work like that because you've still got to do something. You've still got to know about you still got to have some sort of understanding of game. You've got to have some understanding of these dynamics. Otherwise, you're just gonna you're just gonna fall through the cracks, you know. Yeah, you're gonna get some action, but it's it's not it's not to the degree that they seem to think. No, and and I think it's that gap, isn't it, of of seeing something and believing it to be true when you're maybe not in that position. You know, again, I wouldn't say I was the best looking guy in the world, but I know I'm relatively decent looking, and I've got some height. You know, I'm about six, just under six one. Um, but to, to to assume that that alone, you know, gets me loads of hot girls is completely naive, really. Because I'm, I'm an example yeah. of a guy who's kind of been through that and, and guys are like, oh, it's a marketing con. It's not. I mean, if I'm not on point, right, I'll have gaps where I take, you know, three, four months off. I'm not really socializing much. Or maybe I'm, I'm, in, I'm shacked up with one girl or whatever. It's a bit more serious. And, you know, social skills, that, that emotional intelligence, that ability to banter, riff, flirt goes well off the, the, the radar. And I remember, yes. I've, I've said that a few, you know, guys have been out with me and they've seen me getting blown out like a paper bag before, um, you know, completely off point and, and getting rejected a lot. And, you know, that's part of the game. That doesn't bother me. But that mm. is symptomatic of the fact that just showing up and looking like I do, it's not going to, it's not going to win you the battles, right? No, but uh, by the same token, I think there's one thing that I want to say, just to be very clear at the beginning of this, do looks matter? Yes, of course looks matter. And in some ways, I sometimes I look at all this black pill stuff and I look at all these channels dedicated to discussing this and our, you know, seven hour live streams and all the rest of it. And it seems to me that the central tenet of what they're saying is actually very, very, it's actually very, very, it's, it's just so blindingly obvious. It's like, well, you know, 
girls like good looking guys. Well, well, yeah. I mean, don't we? Didn't we all know that already, right? Um, uh, Wheat Waffles has a story on his his channel where he talks about one of his 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 worst blackpilling moments, and he says what happened was he was friends with this girl, he was hanging out with this girl, he had this great like connection with her, blah blah blah. But he was he was in the friend zone, and he concedes that you know she she saw him as a friend, she would talk about her problems, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Then he um, he was out with a mate of his. And um, he sent her a picture with the with the mate in it. The mate was a, a good looking guy, you know, say he was an eight or whatever. And the girl saw the picture and immediately she was like, oh, and she sent a, a, a picture back, you know, sort of with her hair done and everything like that. And then the, all of them ended up meeting up in some social situation. And the girl goes off with the, you know, and, the, and then he was like, oh, my God. And, the, and, and this girl she went off and started dating the good looking guy. And he was really, really shocked. You know, he was like, this was the ultimate black pilling moment for me. I saw the truth. And I suppose the argument that he was making was that his, you know, good character, his, the fact that he was a, a nice guy, that they had this great connection, it counted for nothing because a good looking guy came in and basically stole her off him in, in five minutes. And he, he sort of posits this as being his road to Damascus moment when he realized that the, the, the cruel truths of the sexual marketplace. And I listened to that story, and I've got I've got sympathy for that because I've had things like that happen to me. But it, it, it's a bit like, well, I, we I, I think I think many of us will be familiar with that kind of a situation. I don't think there's any massive surprise that girls do look look like a good looking dude. Now we could also go into the thing of like, well, he got himself into the friend zone anyway, which he shouldn't have done, and I think he concedes that. But. I've been in situations. I, I was in a situation once, and I've told this story on my channel. I was out with um, with a mate of mine after after work one time, and we were chatting to these girls and everything like that. This dude was was pretty good looking, say so better looking than me, taller than me. Um, I opened them. I was having the banter with them and stuff like that. We all ended up going back. He ended up banging one of the girls. I didn't. Did that sting a bit? Yeah, sure. Was I surprised about it? No, because because shit happens, right? Has it affected my dating success one iota? No, because I've also learned skills. I go out independently, and you know I've had I've had great successes in many other spheres uh, with in terms of dating. It, it's like it's so black pill guys will often say something like, "Well, okay, right. If you were in a bar and you were talking to this girl, and then this six foot four Chad came in, who was a Nordic model, and he was you know blonde and all the rest of it." Would you get that girl with your your so called game? And I'm like, well, well, no, probably not. But 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 so what? It's not about this hypothetical beating somebody else in a competition. It's about okay, what can I do as an individual to get good results? And and you know, my experience has been that I've absolutely absolutely been able to get good results and punch above my weight in dating by knowing about game and doing various other things, which help you to to get over that that milestone. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah, I do. And you know what? Again, it's it's, it's about understanding that game is really being able to socialise and, and be very calibrated in that manner. There's every yeah. chance if the guy was very, very socially well-adjusted, very good at flirting, had a lot of like kind of previous sexual experience that, you know, if, if, the, if the, the, the very tall, good-looking guy comes in, but he's really switched off um, or he's very anxious or he just doesn't yeah. know what he's doing, then there's a high chance the the original guy is still going to get the girl. It, it, again, I'm not, you know, yes. we're not talking about it as a competition, but 
Yeah, well, um, I, th I think the key premise to make on the look side is, is, is yes, it is important because it's that halo effect of the first thing you see whenever you meet someone is, you know, fashion, how they're dressed, which is completely within someone's control, regardless of the height or whatever. So that's something that, that should be looked at and, and maxed out. Um, the grooming, you have complete control over as well. That should well, be looked at and maxed out. Um, sorry, go ahead. No, absolutely, it should be. But they would argue, I believe, that the grooming, the stuff that you can control, like... Oh, no, he's frozen in time. Mr. Francis, where are thou? Oh, you're back. Yeah, sorry about that. Am I on? Yeah, you're all good. You just cut out as the bit they would argue that the bit they would control is. Yeah, so so like, you know, you can control your hairstyle, you can control your grooming, all that kind of stuff. But they would say, but that's not important because what's actually important is like the facial structure, the jaw, the cheekbones, the, uh, you, you know, all of this, all of, you know, the, the bone above the brow, uh, the way your eyes tilt, all this kind of stuff. And they I would say, believe, well... I do believe that... Um... I, I, I see the point they're making, or I don't mm. want to say they because it makes it into the two camps, but I see the point there. Yes. Um, but we all know guys who are not particularly, um, you know, facially the most attractive men, but they're just oozing charisma. They're oozing self-confidence. And how attractive are they to, to women? We've all been around guys like that where well, it doesn't the matter issue. whatsoever, right, about, you know, as long as you don't look like a Picasso painting, like really, really extreme it's 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 a lot of it is perception and we all know you know again this is kind of going into the red pill camp but we all know that attraction triggers in women are, are things like confidence right over the yeah. visual right there's a reason that porn albeit being a trillion dollar industry is is predominantly focused on the visuals for men because that is the obvious attraction trigger like there's no denying it's fertility cues it doesn't yeah. work the same for women we know that yes our looks important yes absolutely first impression take care of yourself, it will allow guys, you know, that are better looking, more of an opportunity, more of a foot in the door. But is it as important as it's made out to be in this day and age? No, I don't believe so. Yeah, um, I'll just address one thing in the chat. So this guy... Uh... Oh, he's faded out again. Mr. Francis, you faded again. Jesus, sorry guys. Sorry, I'm in a bunker. It's okay. It's okay. Where, where, which under... comment was it? And I'm going to pull it up for you. Uh, so Profix twenty five low face and LMS was on a live stream with Troy, Richard Cooper, Rollo Tomasi, and they acted like children towards him and did not even let him speak. It seemed as if they were afraid of what he had to say. Well, actually, if you, I want to refute that because if you watch the that video which is on my channel, you will see that actually I did engage with him. I did. I did engage with him. Now, admittedly, some of the it was getting a bit heated. Some of the other guys were were a bit dismissive towards him. I did engage with him. I tried to listen to what he had to say, and I made some points in response. And he actually agreed with me, broadly speaking. And, and what I actually said to Face LMS, and this is kind of a key a point that I want to make on this stream, is I said to him the problem that, as as I see it, with the black pill, is that. Even people like Face and LMS and Wheat Waffles will concede that a guy who's kind of average, so say a guy who's like a five or whatever, can actually use social skills in order to improve his success in the dating market. 
You know, even those guys will concede that. And I said, well, well, my issue with the Black Pill is that I, my gut feeling is that it's likely pulling in a bunch of guys who can like link onto this Black Pill thing and say, oh, it's over, it's over, it never really began. And they're probably actually then, you know, honestly, how aesthetically bad are they? They're probably average. And if you're average, then you absolutely can do things to improve your sexual market value. And the black pillars will then come and say, yeah, but you know, what if the guy is like five foot two and he's, you know, he's got disfigurement and he's blah, blah, blah. What about him? And that may well be a fair point, but let's be honest, what percentage of the audience is actually in that camp? What percentage of any, like say the audience watching this now, what percentage of guys watching this now really objectively are in that bottom 1% where they are so aesthetically challenged that they're never, you know, it, it, it's it's really game over for them. I would I would suggest it's extremely low. I would suggest I actually, it's extremely I low. With, I actually agree with you. And I think it's, look, no one likes, including no human ever said, well, actually, you flip the mindset, don't you? And you challenge yourself. But, you know, the 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 status quo is not to is to shy away from hard work and to shy away from kind of self-improvement because yeah. it's a painful, raw, horrible journey that mm. never really ends and once you kind of open that box there's no going back um, yeah. and so i agree with you I, I think i don't want to shoehorn everyone into this kind of idea but i think the the appeal for the black pill stuff is to say okay cool well you know that's the end of that chapter i don't have to do anything about it because yes. it's all about looks yes. right and we all, we all know that nothing good ever came in life from just sort of sitting there and accepting the status quo so yes. Yeah, yes. I, I agree with you. I don't want to tar everyone with that brush of saying everyone's fucking lazy, but human nature is to stay in the comfort zone. The well, alpha guys, the bosses who make the most of life, they flip that mentality to be like, you know, fuck this. I'm going rags to riches. You know, your fitty sense of the world have been shot nine times and then end up as a billionaire, your Jay-Zs. They're extreme examples, but that is, you know, that is the journey, right, of the fucking, the boss. And, yeah. and it's a painful, long journey that most men... Um, just aren't aren't cut out for mentally and don't want to do. And I get that. And it's so it, it seems easier to hide behind this kind of, oh, woe is me. Uh, but mm. I, I completely agree with you. I, 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 I corroborate your assertion that I, I, I doubt most guys watching this are five foot two, face like a Picasso painting, you know, kind of this, this extreme lower 1% you talk about. I think most of them are probably just average guys like Wheat Waffles who, yes. you know, for whatever reason... See- he yeah. that he's a five or he's average, he says. Well, and he said he's, I think he said he was quite, he said he was like five. Again, I don't want to make this like some personal thing where he can't refute it because it, no. we're, we're not, that's not what we're trying to do. But yeah, he says like he's a five out of 10, say face, whatever. And he's five foot 10. So reasonable height, not, not, not to the, you know, not mm. a height that's going to screw him per se. Yeah. So yeah, I agree in that category. Absolutely. If you were going, going to then max out your, your social skills, social emotional intelligence, social freedom, um, you know, max out the finances, get in shape, dress really well. These are all massive value adds that are going to change the results you're getting, right? Yeah, absolutely. And by the way, when I put that to face at LMS, and you can watch this back on that video, um, he actually agreed with that point. He actually said, yeah, you know, because I was saying something like, well, is there is there a bottom entry level of ugliness that you need in order to 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 be really black pill because it's it seems to me that a lot of guys actually are probably more like average and they could they could make improvements and he said yeah i agree he said yeah you know for the if you're an average guy 
So you don't have to look like Brad Pitt, but you're, you're an average dude. Can you do things to improve your sexual market? Yes, you can. And I would, as I say, I would suggest that that is likely the majority of the audience. I suppose there's this, I suppose, the, the, I suppose there's the uncomfortable question, though. You know, there, there, there probably is a, a mod, you know, a number of people who perhaps do fall below that threshold, who are very challenged aesthetically. And, you know, are we saying that it's going to be easy for those guys? No, it's not going to be easy for those guys. I don't think we can sugarcoat that, right? No, I agree. Um, I agree. We can't sugarcoat it, and every situation is individual. But yeah. I think the issue I have with with the black pill thing uh, as an overarching concept seems to be um, this element of nihilism, where it's yeah. like, okay, well, that's the end of that chapter. That solves that problem. I can now sit here and basically complain about my situation, not do anything about it. And that's fine. Mm. That's a personal choice. But I, I think, yeah, as you said, a lot of guys who kind of actually are black pilled it's more that do they really want to put in the work and, and try and improve across every area? I just want to touch on the looks thing as well before mm. we sorry to jump around. But there's a guy that I, I kind of learned a lot from. I didn't know him personally, but watched a lot of his stuff back in the day. A guy called Good Looking Loser. He was yeah, very yeah. much about hardcore extreme self-improvement. So, you know, get on the gear, get huge, mm. um, just do crazy social freedom stuff like trying to bang a girl in five minutes in the bathroom, all this sort of stuff, right? And, and yeah, there's a yeah, lot yeah. of actual positive stuff on his site. That he said there was a big difference between being good looking and looking good. Because the point he made was yes, the face is something we all look at, but it's a tiny proportion of your actual body, right? So if you're in really, really good shape, low body fat percentage, if you're fashionably super on point, if you're mm. very well groomed, um, if you have swagger, charisma, all this stuff, this yes. kind of inner self confidence. That's going to come across as, as a guy who looks good rather than is stereotypically good looking. You're mm. oozing kind of basically like fucking alpha vibes, right? Um, and so that is a key point to make is there is a difference between being good looking and looking good. And, and mm. looking good is something that is actually vastly within your control. Again, if you're five foot one and you're facially disfigured, maybe you don't fall into that category. But the vast majority of people watching this are not those people. Yeah, and that the thing that concerns me about some of the some of that material, some of this this Blackpill content, is that because I, I was saying to you yesterday, I actually went through a black a Blackpill phase myself years ago when I was a teenager. Before Blackpill, well, was I was Blackpill even at uni, yeah. right? I was learning, we were trying to learn game, right? And I, I didn't know what was going on. I was technically Blackpill because I assumed mm. that oh, I'm a good looking guy. Why aren't women banging me? Because I saw it as purely, right, I see women, it's about looks. Why are they, you know, it's the same for them. I was accidentally blackpilled because yeah. that's just how I thought the world worked. And I wasn't well, I getting was, results. So. Yeah, well, I was I was blackpilled because when I was at school, you know, sort of late teenage years, I I would always like fancy one girl in the class, you know, and, and I would make her, she'd be my one itis and I would get inevitably get in the friend zone and whatever. And these girls would, would inevitably reject me, you know, when it, when it came to it. And I had a couple of those on the trot and I, I effectively went black pill. This was pre-internet black pill wasn't a thing, but I, I had the belief system that a lot of these guys have. I thought, well, okay, it's, it's all about my looks. I don't look good enough for these girls. Every girl is, broadly going to think the same so that means i've fallen below you know the barrier that is necessary in terms of looks to to get laid to have a relationship to get married what you know etc um so effectively my life is over i am on the scrap heap um i'm never going to pull a muscle and, and that's it now the stupid thing is 
that actually there were girls that did fancy me. There were girls, there were girls in my class. You know, there, there were several girls who who approached me. I would always reject those girls because I wanted my one itis. You know, I wanted the princesses. I mean, classic, you know, rookie errors here. But you know, um, but in my thinking, I conveniently suppressed the fact that actually some girls had shown attraction towards me because I quite liked the feeling of being a victim. If I'm honest, I quite like the feeling of being like, I'm unlovable. Nobody nobody will ever love me. Oh, woe is me. I quite enjoyed it. And also I was then listening to a lot of depressing music. I was listening to Morrissey and Smith and, and that just exactly. And so, and so you can make yourself that, that tragic romantic hero of like, you know, um, there's a Morrissey lyric. It goes, um, love is natural and real, but not for such as you and I, my love. And there's a sort of a there's a sort of a, a, a stark beauty to that, isn't there? It's there's a sort there of a like, you know, and, and and you can fall into that. And I fell into that. And for a couple of years, I had that mindset. Now, then I started. I went to uni and started getting drunk and doing a bunch of um, gear, and um, and it all went out the window. And I realised it was a complete load of nonsense because actually, when I look back on photographs of myself at that age, I was you know I was decent looking. I was all right looking. You know, it was it was all in my head. Now I'm not saying that this is true for every single person. I'm not saying that every single person who, who believes themselves to be, you know, to be below the looks threshold is, is, is wrong. And they're all, they're all deluded. But I'm just saying that I, in my own personal experience, I'm an example of somebody who fell into a belief system, which is akin to black pill. And actually it was not true. And I needn't ever have gone there. And what I should have done instead was worked on self-improvement, learned a bit about bloody game, Learn that if you've got an open goal and a woman's actually attracted to you, go with that. You know, learn that, yes, you get blown out by the, you know, the, the school cheerleader. It doesn't really matter. Right. She's only one girl. There's other, you know, all of this stuff. If I'd have known that my adolescence and early 20s would have been very different. Hmm. Yeah, I I agree with you. There's something. I mean, the, the the human brain naturally sides on the negative as a protection mechanism, doesn't it? As, as seeing yeah. threats and sitting wanting to stay in a comfort zone. And there is something beautifully poetic about this kind of oh woe is me the world hates me yeah. um it is it's an addictive thing to do uh, coming from you know a guy who's naturally quite negative myself yes who yes. has you know dipped in and out of, of low self-esteem and and just abusing substances and, and alcohol and stuff and and going yeah. through periods of self-loathing i can i can completely verify that the easier path to go down and also the very satisfying almost like comfort blanket path to go down is kind of like i'm fucked you yeah, know, the world's a dark place, and it's an addictive thing to to be it, in. It, and I go through. I still, you know, I'm I'm mainly positive. You know, eighty percent of the time, I thought, you know, I like doing the job I do because it forces me to be better. It forces me to help people, which I really enjoy doing. But there's the twenty percent of me that just like loves worrying and self misery and pity and, and watching yeah. the world burn. And and that is relatable to a lot of people. There's a reason that rejection compilations on my channel are the most popular thing, right? Because mm. it's easy to resonate with the negativity. The, the reason that the mainstream press is focused on drama and negativity is because people like watching the world burn. They like people yeah. watching people basically be crucified in a, in a social setting or, yeah. or physically or, and, and just, it makes you, it makes it seem all okay, doesn't it? Like when everything's a bit dark. Well, you can sort of be cocooned in your own misery. And, and like you, for me as well, still today, you know, I can I can fall into that, not ex exactly the same thinking, but I can certainly fall into that. There's a certain comfort in just being a bit miserable and a bit down on yourself, you know? And then when, you've got, when yeah. you've got an online community who is, 
effectively cheerleading you because I didn't have that at the time. I didn't know other people that thought like me. But if it was if I was 18 now and I was going on to, you know, Reddit or something and I was dropping into that community, then you've got a bunch of other guys who are saying, yes, it's over. It never really began. You know, don't worry, you're one of us. Then that just bolsters that thinking, right? Um, but it was incredible. It was like night and day when I started to do approaching, really. And I st actually started to approach in nightclubs and bars and things like that. And I started to get results. And it was a real sort of, um, I don't know, real cognitive dissonance. And I almost couldn't believe it for a few years when I, st I was getting results with actually attractive girls. And I was like, damn, how the, how, how the hell did that happen? I'm the, I'm the Morrissey bedroom guy. You know, I'm the, 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 the you know, and, and it's this real weird sort of like, how have I become that guy when I was just the, the you know, the insult guy before? But, but the truth is that my self-perception was out of whack and I was buying into something as a comfort blanket. I think, I think we're, um, I can't remember the five types of kind of um, the personality that people fall into, but I definitely say like I fall into kind of the, the mix of like anxious and negative as a default setting. And so, yeah, yeah. actually that message is very comforting to buy into, isn't it? Um, well, it's almost like I'll tell you what it is. It's almost like it's almost like if you give up and you don't have hope, then nothing can hurt you in a way because it's yeah. sort of like and I, and I still I still love that song. There's a song by the Smiths. I actually posted it on my YouTube yesterday called um, I Know It's Over, which is really oh, good for the black right, guy. Copyright trigger. Whoa. Oh really? Oh sorry. Okay. Okay. Can I not quote lyrics? No, no, not not on here. But I'm assuming if you. Do you oh no, do no, you, I just. I just posted the video. It should be all right, shouldn't it? Oh, no, it should be fine. Yeah, yeah it's when then, you use clips of, of, of mainstream yeah. guys longer than seven seconds on an intro or yeah. an outro, then you get pinged. Yeah. yeah, and the lyrics go, I know it's over and it never really began, but in my heart it was so real. And then it goes on, to, and he's he's fantasizing about this person that, you know, obviously he was, you know, rejected by or whatever. And then he says, you know, love is natural and real, but not for such as you and I. As I, as I said before, and very poetic, very beautiful. And I still love that song. I can listen to that song and I can sort of feel it because I think sometimes we all feel, I don't necessarily feel it on the aesthetic level now, but I think we can all sometimes feel like we are out of sync with the rest of society or whatever. And there's a sort of sort of comfort. It's like, it's like if you, if you descend into hopelessness, then in a way nothing can hurt you because you're not even trying anymore. Right. It's not like, you know, like I, I could sit there and be miserable about my inability to get girls and not then have to go and approach because I've already said it's over. So I, I've almost got this force field. I almost had this force field around me where I couldn't be hurt anymore because I'd already given up. Yeah. I mean, it's a very small uh, kind of change of perspective, actually, to get what, what you know, what we do now and, and what people can, can get to, um, which is basically accepting that still most women are not going to be into you. Yeah. But being like, right, instead of sitting there, you know, wallowing in that, I'm still going to give it a crack. And then every so yeah. often you actually meet a very cool girl and have a cool thing. Um, it's mm. that analogy mm. of, of realizing actually most of the women you meet and talk to are not going to be interested, right? Yeah. The only yeah. limiting factor is your ability to approach. Rejection is absolutely real. Um, but it's it's basically two sides of the same coin. So it's still you, you can still kind of wallow in, in misery and negativity going, oh, well, you know, most women are going to reject me. But on the flip side, if you're actually approaching and doing something about it, you're still going to get some results. So it's, yeah. it's quite similarly linked. And you don't have to kind of give up this addictive negative beliefs because actually when you look at cold approach and, and look at it in that light going, fuck, actually 99% of the time, this isn't going to work out. You kind of get that hit of like negativity, whereas me, 
But then you do it with this positive angle of fuck it, I'm going to do it anyway and enjoy the fucking ride and enjoy the fact that you enjoy getting punched in the face repeatedly, knowing that mm. I'm going out and I'm going to collect one or two small wins. And that's the beauty of this whole process and struggle and, and life as a fucking man is yes. you get a fuckload of rejection and that's okay. And it's just yeah, accepting I, it's okay. Yeah, I think that's the thing because I didn't realize at that age that rejection is part of life and it's okay. And that's a key thing to, to understand. And secondly, I think what happened, like you say, it's, it's almost a flipping of the mindset because on the one side, I've got that addictive side where sitting around and wallowing is great. But on the other side, I also like gambling. You know, I like rolling the dice and just seeing yeah. what the fuck happened. I like randomness and chaos and just going, okay, if I go and talk to a group of people, what, what's going to happen? Maybe they're all going to, you know, shout and swear at me or maybe i'm gonna get laid you know let's see right and, and just it's that okay it's okay to have both that's the point it doesn't have to be a uh you know human beings we're naturally flawed aren't we you, yeah. you're gonna have that kind of positive side and you're gonna have that negative side and that's the shadow side it's okay as long as it doesn't become too dark you know and you end up 80 mm. percent shadow side where you just you're, you're walling in misery you want to watch the world burn and you get yourself into trouble because we've all flipped it. We, I know you've mm. been there, I've been there, and it sometimes it flips the wrong way. But it's human to have that dark, um, just just give up negative side. That, that's okay. It's just in, in being consciously aware of that and just yeah. knowing that sometimes that, that side's going to dominate. But it's yeah. okay because yeah. as long as you're generally speaking trying to improve yourself across every area, live an interesting reality, live life on your own terms, that's all one can do, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely, definitely. But to play devil's advocate, the Black Pill guys would likely say, well, yes, but we've got science and data on our side. We've got facts on our side and everything and everything like that. And a lot of the time, the problem really with this whole area is I don't, correct me if I'm wrong, if anybody in the chat can correct this, but I, I don't believe that there is really enough comprehensive Stud, academic study in this area for us to be to be definitively on one side or the other because our our lived experience right I think I could maybe I can't speak for you but certainly my lived experience is I know I've punched above my weight in the dating market for so, so that's one thing um, and I've seen you know you see this stuff all the time I was on the tube the other day on the Northern Line and um, and, and, and this is the problem because people say oh yeah that's anecdotal that's an outlier blah 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 but but we see this stuff the whole damn time. I got on the tube. I saw a couple together. Saw the girl. Thought, oh, she's quite cute. You know, you know, you, you get that just thing. You sort of double take. Oh, she's quite cute. And I looked at the the boyfriend. He's a head shorter than her. He's coming up to here. And then they sat down in the same carriage as me. And his physique. I mean, he wasn't overweight, but he certainly wasn't jacked. You know, we see all this stuff online. Oh, you got to be jacked. Certainly wasn't jacked. A little bit of a dad bod. You know, looked like they'd just been to the gym actually. So you know, he wasn't terrible, but nothing amazing. Um, he. I, he, they were wearing masks. So I couldn't see the full face. So I couldn't check out the jawbone, I'm afraid, uh, jaw cells watching this. But, um, you know, he looked... Jaw cells. Looked, <laughs> yeah. He looked about average, you know, looked about average. Was he rich? Because people are saying, oh, well, he probably had money then. Well, he was going on the Northern Line to Clapham North and he had a resale bag with him. So I'm guessing he wasn't Jeff Bezos. Do you know what I'm saying? And yet, he was with this girl, taller than him, pretty attractive probably a high seven or an eight right how did that happen you know that's in the black in yeah, the black pill world that should be impossible so they'll say well no that's an outlier that's just that's just anecdotal well, there's, a, there's, but, a, there's a there's a the quote here but no i completely 
get what you're saying. There's a quote here from old our, 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 our friend yeah. in common, Mr. Mark Zolo, Naughty Nomad. Check out his site. A- amazing content on there. I mean, it was when I first started traveling, it was my go-to forum for finding yeah. all this stuff because there's just thousands, there's so much information on there. And yeah. uh, check out the interview we both done with him. Um, really fascinating stuff. He's lived the life, to say the least. But what, what you think is true becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. I completely agree with that. What you are is what you become. What you are is what you think about. Black pill is just a li- just limiting beliefs. Irrational self-confidence gets better results. Better to think of attraction as magic, not maths. I agree. You know, if you're going to have two options about yourself, because really the reality you live is all individual perspective anyway, it's not objective. Is it not better, however delusional it may be, just to have kind of irrational self-confidence and self-belief in what you're doing? They're not. And I'd yes. say 100% of the time, yes. There's no downside it's- to it. In many ways, it's better to be deluded than it is to be because these guys, you know, they're very, very proud of the cold, hard truth and all of that. And and I understand why I get why, because it's you. You want to feel like you are man enough to take the hard truth, you know, and and, 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 and to some extent you should be. I, I, I agree with that. But at the same time, it's it's like if, if somebody says if somebody says red car to you, then then you go out and you're just going to see red cars all over the place. You're going to see what you you want to see. Now, when I go out, I don't know about you, James, but when I go out, when I if I go to bars, I mean, I was on the tube the other night after the England game, loads and loads of drunken, you know, people partying and marauding, marauding on the tube and singing and stuff like that. Good to see after all the lockdowns and stuff. And you see all manner of things. You see really fit girls with kind of average guys. You know, we've talked about you, you go to an upscale place, you see some ugly old Russian bloke with a with a stunning model girlfriend. For me, reality, as soon as you step out the house and you look at other people, all of this black pill stuff, it kind of just it, it kind of just folds in on itself because it just doesn't it doesn't add up with what you're seeing. Now they will say, right, but that's all outliers. Look at the data. Look at the overarching data. And I think we should talk a little bit about the data because the data that they are using, I think, needs to be interrogated a little bit more in some cases. Yeah, and we can go into that because we've got to talk about how many in status fit into this. But, yeah, I just want to kind of you say this quote, which is a quote that I've used, you know, I've had on my phone for, and you know, if I'm ever feeling a bit low, I flip back to it. It's by Gene Simmons who has written a diary, he's got a black book of every single one of the 10 to 15,000 women he's slept with. He's noted down a few notes about them, just for the banter, I guess, just for the lad chat. Mm. His quote is, um, life is too short to have anything but delusional notions about yourself. And it's true. Like, Mm. you're living this reality, right? I mean, I'd love to to say I believe in the concept of, of being a Buddhist and being reincarnated as something cool like a slug or a leaf. But realistically, probably, um, this is the one reality we're going to live, right? So you might as well live in within your own reality on a very firm plane, trying to just think, fucking hell, this, this, you know, I am a boss, right? Even yeah. if it is slightly delusional, um, yes. better to live in that reality than not. And, and Absol- yeah, yeah a- absolutely. That's what we try to teach. And, and leading on from that, because I've got my course, Charisma and Dating Academy, which... Um, which I released a few times last year. Um, and in that, what I'm really trying to do is, is teach charisma, which is a, a tricky thing to do, but it's all predicated on this self-belief idea. It's like your mindset's about yourself and the way that that self-confidence radiates. Self-confidence and self-belief. When people yeah. talk about in a game, that's what we're really talking about. It's high self-esteem levels and high self-confidence and a belief in yourself. You've got your own back. 
Um, and that, you know, if you're doing it from that, that plane, um, no woman really can ever reject you. Right. Because you, you, it becomes a real rejection becomes raw or real when you hold the opinion of someone else in a higher um, regards to, to your regard than, than you do of yourself. Right. And that's yeah. really it. It's like, okay. That's when it stings. And that's when people get really fucked from rejection is because they haven't got their own shit. They haven't got their own house in order mentally. Yeah. Right? The more you have your shit together as a man, the less a random girl going like, man, I'm not interested give, you know, matters to you. And you're able to basically remove the, the limiting factor, the buffer of approaching, which most men can't do because they take perceived rejection as an affront to themselves on a personal level. You remove that stopper. And then guys that I know that get laid like rock stars, they all approach with volume. There's, yeah. there's you know, they, they accept the rejection as part of the game. They use that to their advantage, but they're approaching, you know, people like, you know, life of Clive, people like, um, you know, from, from what I hear, Richard from street attraction, people like Kofi, um, who works um, alongside me? They all approach like maniacs, and they get results based on that because yeah. the, the, you know there's no getting away from the fact this is to a large degree a numbers game, a cold approach, and most men cannot put the numbers in. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Well, there's a couple of points about data. I'll just make very quickly because we don't wanna, we don't want to sort of like you know <laughs> drag everyone down. We're talking about bad data, um, but um, so one of the studies that they use to support the black pill is uh, about a speed dating event, right? And it's called physical attractiveness is the strongest predicator of initial romantic interest in both sexes. No evidence for male personality plays any role for women. Okay, so this study, it was a speed dating event that they did. And this study says, basically, there's no evidence. It's it's not about personality because, because in terms of who was selected in the speed right. dating event, guys, it was the same for both, like men, would select obviously the, the hottest female females there. Women would also select based on look. So what it actually says is that um, major findings, male attributes that predicated a, a woman's romantic interest, physical attractiveness was number one, and then second was sports or exercise involvement or interest. So I, I, you know, I guess sort of like if you go to the gym. So that, but that was a smaller thing. And it says things that don't count. Um, the five personality types, affects, attachment style, self-esteem, political leanings, value, social interest, similarity, right? So so basically, they, they quote this study and they'll say, you see, because what they're talking about is like that initial point when you walk up to the girl, you know, what does she look at? She looks at how hot you are. It doesn't matter what your game's like. It doesn't matter about anything else. So that, that's one of the studies that they will use to support it, all right? But, and, you know, we could dig down into this even deeper. How big do you think the sample size was? Probably the room of people, 10 people or something. <laughs> it's a bit larger. It's a bit larger. Participants, 108 college students, 54 men, 54 women. All right. Um, and they were aged 17 to 26. Well, I mean, uh, the, the key thing, the key thing that just immediately, as you said, that grabs me is realizing, you know, talking about sexual market um, predeterminers of action based on age is what happens at fucking college, right? And, and late school, women and men are both sexually experimenting. There's no, you know, there's no denying that looks play a more prevalent role um, in, in women selecting mates when they're younger. That's absolutely, you know, a standard thing, I think. Well, yeah, it, it is. And I mean, we could dig down a bit further into it, you know, in terms of, because, it, because it's, that's, this is initial interest. It doesn't necessarily talk about what happens next. Or anything like that. This is just this initial interest on this quick speed dating. But the, but the point is, I mean, I mean, you're talking about 108 people. Now, I'm not 
I'm not denying. I mean, yes, let's be honest, that rings true. You know, you can listen to that. Think, okay, yeah, fair enough. Speed dating event, load of college students. They probably were basically on hotness. So I'm not saying it's not Especially true. The age. I think the age is, yeah. is massive. I'm, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not saying it's not true. But we're talking about us. We're talking about a study with 108 people in a planet with what nearly eight billion. I mean, you know, are you really going to hang your hat on 108 on what happened at 108 people back in 2009? So that's one thing. The second thing that and and I. I won't go into as great details to this, but the second thing is another stat that they often use is talking basically about Tinder. And they'll say something like, oh, 90, uh, it's a very high percentage, 95% of women or something of that kind will select for the top 20% of guys on Tinder. We've got this data from this dating app. There you go. It's all about looks. The big, big problem with that well, there's a couple of big problems. The first big problem with that is that is that Tinder and the dating apps are, it's, they are based on looks. That's that's what they are. There is nothing else to judge on, right? On on Tinder, you know, yeah, you got your bio. We'll sod that. Who cares, right? It's it's all. It is blatantly. It's all about looks on on Tinder. So it should be no surprise. But secondly, every single guy that we know or have worked with or taught or whatever will say, I get better results doing cold approach than I do on Tinder. Right now, now the Blackpool guys will, I'm, I'm sure, will say, well, no, because online dating is it's a reflection of what happens in the real world. But as far as I know, there's no evidence to suggest that women will react. I mean, where's the evidence to say, okay, what happens on Tinder is exactly replicated in real life? I don't believe there is any. And from our observations and from our personal experience, we we both know I, my results, my results from Cold Approach up far exceed anything I get on Tinder. You know, and I've had success on Tinder. So, so, so there's a there's a real problem here in using this data, which is largely drawn from dating apps, where I believe we, we will know this is why we advocate for cold approach, because we know that the dating apps are stacked against men. And I think there's a problem in saying, OK, this happened on Tinder. Therefore, this is what happens out there in the real world, because I don't believe that's true. No, I'd agree with you. Um... I, I mean, I just, we've talked about this before, but the reason we, 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 I, I mean, apart from obviously wanting to become more confident socially and kind of facing my own fears, the reason I got into cold approach, having tried many a hustle, was the fact that from my experimentation with cold approach, I did a lot better than online dating. Now, by their, by their definition, right, online dating as a good-looking guy I should be bossing it. I'm not. It's extremely hard. Yeah. to make any kind of inroads with online dating and tinder it's it's a terrible way of, of meeting people um mm. we all know that mm. the odds are stacked against men because women upload four or five good photos and they literally have that hordes and hordes barbarian hordes messaging them don't they and they can yeah. take their pics so the whole dynamics fucked from the get-go yeah um i think yeah whenever you look whenever you get any kind of group of, of people or anyone really that i've come across in life they're they're having a conversation with you and they start pulling out random screenshots of like singular studies to show you you know you both know that you're that you know that person is, is probably fighting a losing battle because they're having to do that to kind of justify what they're saying right well um <laughs> it was interesting on the alexander grace interview with wheat waffles that wheat waffles said uh wheat waffles was making the point that um basically what that's that other study said you know he said basically women you know we have this idea women are bothered about personality but actually um actually women are not bothered about personality it really it's all it's all about looks so it's mainly about looks and alexander grace said well i did a video where i talked about one of the big the, the biggest study that's ever been done 
on this subject area. Now, I don't have the source for it, but there's an Alexander Grace video about it, which I can, you know, I could find if anyone's interested. But he's, he, you know, just, just taking it verbatim from him. He said this study that's been done on female to male attraction, the biggest study apparently, according to him, that's ever been done, global, massive, massive study, showed that actually women are more attracted to other factors than, than just looks than men. And Wheat didn't really have an answer to that. He was just like, oh, well, I, you know, I'm not familiar with that study. So, y y you know, um, so on that basis, you've got to think, well, OK, you might maybe maybe you could discredit that survey. Maybe there are things wrong with that survey. I don't know the, the parameters of that study. But, you know, you, you have to you could be very selective with the data that you're using, I think, is the point that I'm making. And there is, a, you know. Um, but, and, and according to Alexander Grace, and I, I don't see any reason why I would have lied. Actually, the biggest study on this in, in this in this area suggests that actually women are um, more attracted to non-looks related factors in men than 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 guys are to women, which is kind of what we all think anyway, right? Well, I mean, I'm I'm still reveling from the fact that supposedly Alexander Grace are three. I mean, I thought he was when I first jumped on an interview with him. I thought well, no, it was quite a good looking rooster, and I've been no, told no, he's he, a three. <laughs> No, he was a five. He was a he 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 got rated as a five. Yeah, I, I understand the science of, of how that was done, but yeah, I look at the guy and I think no, he's a good looking guy. Maybe I'm wrong. Mm. I don't know that, but my initial kind of reaction is oh, he's a good looking dude. Well, so I, I don't know how it all I works in that. I think you can overstate some of this stuff because he said something like, for example, he said Alexander Grace's are uh, I think it's called the Carthal tilt or something like this. So the eyes the eyes point downwards, which can give you a slightly hangdog look, you know. And he said, well, he loses points. For that, and I suppose technically, yes, you could say, you could say, yeah, that's not that's not perfect, but but it, it's it's just, but it's about it's more like the overall impression, isn't it? You look at you just look at Alexander Grace, you think, yeah, decent looking guy, you know. I mean, yeah, you could it's, probably it's LinkedIn, even on a even on a, a a male to male ratio like thing, right? I've got mates who, if I take a back step like and objectively have met them for the first time you know i've known them for years right or, or for periods of time um i would say okay actually if i've got no emotional attachment to them as people they're not very good looking at all but you realize the power of personality and charisma because you're around these people and you're just like fucking hell he's like magnetic to be around and you it yes. completely disassociates from like after a while what their face looks like so it's yeah. just, it's nonsense. Like just taking a, a basically a human body, a corpse and saying, right, that how it is formed is completely determinant of your success in dating. It's just, it's so, it's ridiculous when you really just kind of try and try and like really get into it and pick it apart, isn't it? Well, yeah, exactly. And like I say, lived experience, you know, you, you just go out and look around you and you, you just, so many people that bust this, this sort of narrative that it, it's very hard for it to hold up. I, I heard a guy uh, calling into um, a, a Blackpill stream a while back and um, he was from, he was called in from London. I think the stream was American, but he called him from London. And um, so we, obviously we know London. And he said, um, he said, yeah, well, I live around Stratford. And he said, um, and you know, you guys are saying, oh, it's all about height. And if the guy's not six foot four, then he's not getting any action and all this kind of stuff. And he said, but, but I, I, I'm not sure about that because I often see girls with boyfriends who are either the same height as them or even slightly shorter and the guy who the the, the host of the stream who's an american dude was like um yeah well you see london hmm you see probably yeah probably those guys have got money and i'm thinking hang on a minute we're talking about bloody stratford shopping center it, 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 it it's like 
you, you know, and I suppose this leads us on to, to money and status now, right? Um, but it's sort of like there's always an excuse, isn't there? There's always a there's it's always like oh yeah, but I've I've seen I know this guy with an ugly you know this ugly guy and he's got a really hot girlfriend. There's always a sort of like oh he's an outlier, oh he's got money, oh he must have this, he must have that. Um, it's just a refusal to accept that actually, you know, that there's more there's more to this story than you're saying. Completely agree. This is quite a funny comment. Is there a black girl? Pill community amongst women, I wonder, given how it's all about <laughs> women's looks for guys. Um, I think this is the key point that, that Bonnie Prince Mafia makes. We kind of touched on, which is they talk about looks maxing. I, I'm, I'm, I'm a completely, I'm, I'm a complete advocate of looks maxing. So I yeah. think, look, if they talk about hard looks maxing being surgery, if there's something really deformed about your face and you can fix it and you have the means to fix it and it, you, it's going to raise your self esteem, absolutely do it. Right. Yeah. That's the predominant thing. We all know guys who have had their ears pinned back or nose jobs or whatever. I know. Yeah, a guy, yeah. I know a guy who's, you know, a former student of mine who had leg limb lengthening surgery. He went mm. from five foot ten, I think, to around my height or just above four inches gains. He went through excruciating pain for six months. For him, it was important enough to do that. Now I'm, I'm, that's an extreme example. But yeah. I absolutely think, again, going back to this idea of probably this is the only life we're gonna live, right? And you have mm. this is conscious reality, and suddenly the lights go out. Why not max out anything that you feel you can or, or you want to? That's fine. Yeah. And but on the soft look maxing, absolutely agree. So get in shape at the gym. So any sort of grooming you can do, get a decent haircut, you know, get fix whatever you need to fix, get laser eye surgery, get your teeth whitened, um, wear fucking shit hot clothing. It's a no-brainer, isn't it, to try and max this stuff out. But yeah, I actually I think agree it... with I agree with the black pill community in the sense that you should try and look max. I'm not suggesting otherwise, no, but I think no. that the, the difference in it we're making is the amount of weight that it pays dividends for, which leads nicely onto the next point because my understanding of the black pill was actually it was looks money status. Now I've obviously done a bit of research now, speaking to wheat waffles and people like that, and I've realised it's predominantly on looks. But I think it's we don't want to understate how important. Um, again, we're not talking about game here, social, you know, social intelligence, emotional intelligence. We're talking about money and status, how important those actually are. Um, mm. Overly, over the top, in my opinion, of looks. So that's probably something that may be controversial to, to guys. But yeah, what are your thoughts on that, Troy? How, how do money and status weigh into versus looks? Well, I, I think um, I, I, it just seems to be undeniable that status plays a role because, because you know, we've seen so many times got a bit of feedback there. We've seen so many times examples of rich, wealthy dudes with absolute worldies, and they are, you know, fat, out of shape, ugly, you know, whatever. And it's it's just it's it's a, it's a, it's a it's a cliche within society. But the reason it's a cliche is because it happens all the time. You know, you've got to you know we'd go to Russia on the plane um, in a couple of days. You know, you go into the airport, you go into the you know the the VIP bit or whatever it's called, you know, the, um, you know, you go into the sort of like the fancy bit where people wait for the planes. You're going to see like old fat Russian dudes with absolutely stunning younger women. Right. Um, I don't think you could just write that off. I think it's enough of a phenomenon that um, it, it just indicates you've got to have, you've got to pay attention to status. And I thought Wheat was on a bit of a sticky wicket yesterday when he was sort of trying to argue the point about Jack Black, because I think we all know if a Hollywood A-list star comes into the bar, he's going to be getting the bulk of the attention, regardless of, you know, if there's some like local Chad standing in the corner. 
100%. Is there a way of removing, for, for the sake of argument and discussion, status from money? Yeah. Or must they go hand in hand? Uh, I su- Well, I suppose you could... I mean, it depends how much money we're talking. I mean, maybe some politicians... I guess if not- you've got like a, a, if, I guess if you get like a Tyson kind of figure who supposedly has gone bankrupt and, and has been literally with zero money at times in his life, that's an example of he's got the status... But he doesn't yeah. actually have the wealth to go and handle. Well, he's that. he's still gonna he's still gonna get laid like a rock star, isn't it? I mean, there's no there's no doubt about based it. purely on status. I mean, there's a reason that you know all all women's magazines are focused around celebrity, right? Mm. What does that translate to? Societal power, societal status. It's not. Let's go and look at John the hobo on the street. He's not the centerfold of the fucking magazine, is he? It's about no. the celebrities. That's all women care about. Celebrity gossip. There's the age old adage. Which again, it's 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 a bit like a, a nationality stereotype. There is, it's not necessarily strictly true, but there's some truth to it. Which is, men see women as sex objects, women see men as success objects. Right? There's no denying that you know you you play the question game on a date with any woman. What is the thing that she fundamentally will say is always an attractive trait in a man? Ambition. Why? Because that equals potential probably, for power. Good, yeah, potential for power, potential for societal power, status. Right. There's a reason that every single woman will always say ambition. It's not just for the fact they're not all in cahoots, just, you know, as a wind up game. Right. So status is is, is undeniably a massive factor. Um, it's interesting, even like on a micro level with this stuff. Right. When I first started doing this, this channel and I had like, you know, 200, 300, 400, maybe a thousand subs. If a girl mm. found out what I was doing, she'd think it was a bit weird. Now she finds me online with 20,000 subs, 25,000 subs, and suddenly it's, oh, my God, that's so cool. And yeah, you yeah, get yeah, girls yeah. who come out on dates with you, and I've had this before, who basically found women are brilliant. It's sexy, right? She, she found out what I do. She's seen subscriber count as a marker of power in some format, albeit you know, definitely not one of the biggest YouTube channels, but some modicum of power. And she's made up her mind based off that, that it's game on. And she'll tell yeah. me afterwards. I was like, so what it happened in Sweden? Um, and you know, later I was like, so what was that? Like, what point did you kind of find out what I did? And she was like, Well, um, you know, I knew what you were about before, but I already made my mind up what I wanted. And it basically from kind of discussing it with her, it kind of kind of came to pass that basically, yeah, she'd seen the subscriber count, and that was a predeterminate of of her just going, right, tick, you know. So Status, I think, plays a massive, massive role. I think it um, starts with states and power. I think it does. I think it does. I mean, you could even say, look at our wonderful prime minister, right? Um, I mean, I'm not sure anybody would say Boris Johnson is a chat, but he's now married to Carrie, and Carrie is is not bad. I mean, Carrie's a tr- Carrie's pretty attractive. For, even for, Matt for Hancock, Boris. up to his usual tricks. You know, <laughs> Matt Hancock. Know, I, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know what I, I don't know what the gig is with the with the relationship, and obviously there's there's many factors going on, right? But the guy is a multi the the, the husband that got cheated on was a he, he owns all of a bonus. He's a multi millionaire. He's a good looking dude. He's got he seemingly got his shit together. I mean, you know what what is Matt Matt Hancock offering over him? He's offering you know he's a public facing figure, and he's offering some element of power because he helps run a country, right? It's not he's not getting the bird on his stunning good looks or his salary because no. you don't get paid much to be in the fucking UK government, right? Yeah, I was going to say, so, I was going to say, I mean, he's not going to be rich. I mean, it, it's 
he may well be a millionaire. I mean, I you know, because those guys they can you know they 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 could they can make money from diff, you know various things, and he'll probably go on and get some sort of consultancy role now or something. But I mean, in terms of big money, UK politicians, we're not talking about these are not super rich people, are they? Not not by any not by any size of the imagine size of the imagination. This isn't this isn't US politics or something else. So no, it's yeah. it's not predicated on money. Um, it's it's pure status. Um, the the thing is with power, it's very fluid, isn't it? I'm surprised there's not more books written on uh, kind of Robert Green style how to cultivate power, how to build power, because it's such a fascinating topic, and it's just it everything with society. And life as a human being revolves around the fluidity of power and mm. attempts to get more power. That's all life really is, isn't it? It's like climbing the totem pole of power. And yeah. I'm just shocked there's not more books written on it. I don't know why. Um, it, 48 Laws of Power seems to be one of the only made, major books written on it. He's got a monopoly, hasn't he, Robert Green? Yes, he, he, he has. I mean, again, playing devil's advocate, I think one thing the Black Pill might say is, okay, but chads tend to achieve status you know status and power more than the average dude and wheat waffles quoted that study that said that more ceos are over six foot than you know whatever but then that doesn't necessarily bear out to reality does it because i mean look at look at um again look at boris right he's the prime minister of england i don't know how tall he is but i don't think he's over six foot um he's clearly not a chad um you know i mean there are yes there are examples of i i, I would agree there are a lot of examples of you know tall good looking ceos but then you've got people like who's the guy that runs um ryanair for example i mean do you know what i mean he's not michael, exactly michael so, leary yeah do you know what i mean so it, it's I, I i don't know really i think that power they, i mean they say politics is, is show business for ugly people don't they um and um yeah i don't think it's as clear cut as to say that it's only the best looking people who end up in powerful positions i don't think that's really really true I mean, I, I think, yeah, it's it's really irrelevant where it came from in, in terms of them getting in either. It's more like how much of a weight does, does social status power have in, in terms of, you know, your ability to do well with the opposite sex. I would argue that it has a massive, massive draw. Um, I think so. Far, I think so. Far more, far more so than looks. Like, Well, it, I, I mean, another way of looking at it is to say – I'm sure we can think of examples of celebrities who probably are not actually that good looking, but well, Mick, I, I know that the problem is that's why I was trying to separate it from money because what often happens with 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 very you know celebrities and uh, and these kind of superstar footballers like Ronaldo is you have mm. um, hand in hand Ronaldo is an example of actually a good looking guy as well, but you have coming seemingly hand in hand you have pow not only the power right but you have the the money. So it's kind of a double impact. You look at someone like Messi, right? Messi is not good looking. He is mm. very, very short, but he has extreme um, social standing and power um, and status. And he has a lot and a lot of money. He would walk into a bar and he will be able to pull women. I don't care who is, is pretending otherwise. Like, and is he going to yeah. you know, blow a good looking guy? Um, with no status and money out of the water, yes, in my opinion, absolutely, he would. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely, I, I, I can't see any because we've. I'm sure we've both been in situations where the the vacuum of power and prominence. You you get the famous person walking into the bar or the nightclub, and suddenly it's like, 
you know, all of the all of the women are just, you know, the attention is all there. And it doesn't matter if there's some six foot four Nordic good looking fucking Chad who works in the local Tesco's in there. Who cares? Right. You know, so these are the factors. I, I just I just don't think there's any way around the fact that status and money to some extent, although I just I see money being more as an expression of status than anything else. But um, but certainly. That's status, very, think, yeah, that's a good way to look at it. I mean, yeah, I think when you max out um, money and and status, it, it it's irrelevant of what you look like. I really do think, you know, look at, you know, the guy that played Mini-Me, Vern Troyer, celebrity, yeah. you know, famous, and paid lots of money. He was fucking having orgies in the Playboy Mansion with Playmates. I mean, is, it, is he doing that on his looks or his height? No. So when yeah. you get to an extreme level of, of money or status, looks go completely out the window. And that was the kind of point I was making to Wheat Waffles. And, you know, great example, Mick Hucknell, singer of Simply Red, he slept with something like 4,000 women, I think, he said in an interview. Yeah. Is he good looking? No, he's ginger. He's like a, a troglodyte <laughs> version, like a, a, a hairy, like bridge uh, under the bridge dwelling version of, of Ed Sheeran, but far worse looking. Yeah. Um, Ed Sheeran's well, a great example. Would Ed Sheeran be getting laid? You know, uh, I mean, he's, he's, he's not good looking at all, but, and he's got a girlfriend. He's seemingly quite very blue pill. I think he was with her from, from before he got famous. But, mm. you know, if he walked into a bar, with his millions and millions of, of record sales, right, and his millions of pounds in the bank, do you think women will not be throwing themselves at him? I mean, of course they will. Of course yeah. they will. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I've seen, I've seen this stuff firsthand. I remember once having it. I mean, this is a sort of embarrassing story, really, but I, I once was seeing a girl, and it was going very badly. I, it was, I was, this was all pre, pre-game. It was, the whole relationship was, you know, was, was a bit messed up. The, the dynamic was all wrong. Um, uh, you know, and I was acting in a very beta way or whatever. But I remember us going into a uh, in a club, and um, there was a guy in there, uh, the musician, badly drawn boy, who um, people I've may, heard or may of not, him. yeah, people may, may or may not have heard of. I mean, you can Google him. He he, I don't know what he looks like now. He he wasn't. Let's say he wasn't aesthetically beautiful at that point. He was. He looked quite scruffy. He was kind of indie Manchester kind of musician. Um, not not tall, not good looking, didn't look in particularly great shape. And I remember her making a beeline for him and she was like chatting to him. And I, and I, I said, so what's, so what are you talking to him for? And she's like, oh, I was just asking him, you know, all about his lyrics, how he writes his lyrics and stuff like that. I'm like, you don't give a damn about lyrics in other things. Like, you, you know, where's his son? <laughs> and it's like, it, 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 it's sort of like, it, 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 it didn't matter. It didn't matter the fact that this guy and, and nothing happened, as far as I know. I, you know, nothing happened certainly that on that night. But it, it, it was like you could just see, you could just see. And you know, I remember, um, you know, and girls will openly say, girls will openly say, you know, I would never cheat my boyfriend. I've, I've heard this said before. I'd never cheat on my boyfriend. But if it was someone famous, well, you know, exactly, exactly. So that that for me, and and they're not going to say it about. Probably just a random guy with no status who's really good looking, right? Oh yeah, because, that guy Rick, that guy Rick I work with, you know, who works in the office. I'll tell was, you one. You know, I'll, t- I'll, t- I'll tell you. I'll tell you one that um, I know, and I may actually have to. I may not. I don't know if I should reveal names here or not, really. But there's a girl that I know in London who um, a few years ago was 25, kind of Chelsea girl, posh, you know, um, ve- a worldy hot. You know, um, she's she redhead, um, but, um, you know, slim, petite, beautiful, whatever. You know, hot girl, 25 years old. She started dating a rock star in his 70s. And it got into the paper. It got into Mail Online. 
And I was like, because I was reading this article in Mail Online, and then I was like, hang on a minute, I know that girl. And she was dating this guy, this dude in his 70s. Um, and we've all seen these stories, haven't we? You know, and it's like, oh, what does she see in the, the multimillionaire, you know, rock star, blah, <laughs> who's 70 years old? Um, and she was a very sort of cool girl. You know, she wrote poetry. She was sort of quite artistic. And I'm sure she would have some rationalization for it. You know, she would say, well, I could see into his beautiful soul. He's an artist. He's this, he's that. You know, this it's was not. a girl. This was a girl. Pain, yeah, this, this was a girl who with no shadow of a doubt, could be dating some, you know, decent looking like hedge funds, London Chad guy, right? If she wanted to, no doubt, no doubt about it. No doubt about it. Instead, she's dating some bloke who's 70 years old. I mean, how do you Are explain you... that? And not, yeah, and, and I... by the, by the way, not, not, not good looking either. I mean, I, I think again, I'm, I'm putting words in people's mouths here, but I think the benefit of thinking it's all about looks um, for, for kind of the Blackpool communities is, is linking back to what we said, which is you can't change it, right? But it's, you know, it, it, we all know, I, I, I really struggle to, to kind of understand if someone can't appreciate how much money and status play, how big a role they would play um, yeah. in, in production. But, um, but, but I, the, problem is, the problem with using that as like your, you know, your sign to be like, okay, hang your hat on, is the fact that unfortunately you can do something about that and so it's not a sexy fucking pill to swallow, is it? Because you can well, actually go out and improve your finances and improve your status. It just takes fucking effort. And that's not a sexy message to sell because well, it requires effort, right? And looks doesn't. It's like, oh, woe me. I can't do anything about it. To deny that, that money and status play a massive role, far more than looks, I mean, it is stupid in my opinion. No, I agree. But there's a, the, the problem with that. And how would you how would you counter this? Because I think we said this yesterday. Is that you're absolutely right? But as somebody said in the chat, you know, we're not all going to become Messi. We're not all going to become Ronaldo. I, I, I'm True. certainly not. Um, and I think really? was... I thought your football skills were so hot, mate. Last <laughs> mate, I'm brushing up. I'm brushing up. I'm brushing up. I'm getting there. I'm getting there. But no, uh, you know, so so they will say, okay, well that's fine. You know, I've seen comments about this. They'll say, oh right, so just become a multi-millionaire, just become a famous rock star or footballer. Oh, okay, right, it's that easy. And then they'll say, well, look, I, such a small proportion of guys are ever going to achieve that that. Um, why bother? You know. Now, now, I, I, what's your, what's your response to that? Because I've, I've got my thoughts on it. But what, what would you? Well, say I mean, to it's, it's similar to what this, this, this guy, Mister Matten, can summed up. We can't be super. We can't all be. Well, I'm putting words in here, but we can't all be super fit, super famous, super rich, super good looking, super well dressed, super social skills. Such a guy does not exist. Um, I mean, he may, he probably does exist, doesn't he? Mm. I mean, yeah, he does, Ronaldo he does, is yeah. quite a good example of someone who's probably. I don't know about his social skills. If they're anything like his, his ability on the pitch, he's, he's doing well. He's the most emotionally intelligent guy I've ever come across. The idea is to work on ourselves as much as possible. And I, I think actually what he said there is quite sensible. Yes, we're not all going to be the singer of Link from Lincoln Park, you know, with literally thousands of people literally just hanging on your every word on a mic. We're not all going to be DiCaprio, you know, finally winning his first Oscar. And then, you know, sitting there with his whatever 19-year-old <laughs> harem of like young models. We're not. We're not. We're not. But what is the option? Is it to sit there and kind of accept what it is? Um, is it going to be doing the the old, the infamous quote from The Rock from Sean Connery, losers whine about their best or, or, or in this context, lack thereof, 
winners go home and fuck the prom queen. And basically that's an analogy for are you going to sit there with your dick in your hand and, and, and just accept that is how you're going to go out because we're all heading in the same direction, a cardboard box. Or are you going to step up as a human being and say, right, my the odds are fucking massively against me. But as a fucking human that's born, that reproduces and dies as a fucking living organism, it's my duty to give it a crack. And that's yeah. really what it comes down to. I think that is the fundamental qu- I think that is the fundamental split here. It's a bit like, okay, so you're either going to take all of this on board and go, life's unfair, I'm not good looking, I'm not rich, I'm not famous, so sod it. I'm just going to sit this one out on the sidelines and complain in the comments sections. Uh, or are you going to say, well, look, the odds are vastly stacked against me, but sod it. I'm going to roll the dice and I'm going to give this thing a go. And I think I think that is the fundamental question. But the only thing I would just say on the on the success side of things is I think they set the bar too high, really, because, yes, of course, we're not all going to become Ronaldo. We're not all going to become, you know, Harry Styles or, you know, whoever, right? Yes, absolutely. However, I don't think actually status is relative. I, you you, you, don't, is. Need, is you don't need to become the most famous footballer in the world with how many Instagram followers you got now? Three million or something you hit some really big number. Um, You don't need to hit that, actually. If you've just got, say you've just got your own business and you employ a few people and you can afford to go out to some nice places and stuff like that, you've got some status, right? You know, it doesn't need to be this, you're not, you don't have to be the best in the world. You just have to be a bit better than a few other people around you. You just have to, do you see what I mean? Like it doesn't, we don't have to set this huge bar. It's like, oh, so you're saying I've got to become, uh, I've got to become, uh, what's his name? Um, Mick Hucknall, otherwise I'm never going to get laid. No, it's not It's not about that. You've just got to you achieve a bit of status and you will start to do better, I think is the key. Yeah, so it, it's all personal, is it? It's not a zero-sum game where you have to be Leonardo DiCaprio or, well, no, or not. I mean, That's I mean, the point, I, isn't it? I mean, status, I, mean, I, mean, I mean, listen, I've been to... So, I've been to say I've been to the Groucho Club in London a couple of times because I've had friends who are members. Now people know, you know, the Groucho Club in Soho on Dean Street, and sure. it's kind of a celebrity, you know, famous hangout and private members club sort of thing. I've been in there a couple of times, and I've had girls. I've walked through the room, and I've had girls IOI me walking through the room, um, like like kind of noticeably, maybe a bit more than I'd normally get if I'm in a bar in London. Um, you know, a couple of girls looking at me, and the reason that I, I think that happens is because they're looking at me and they're thinking. Oh, maybe he's someone. I reckon he's someone because he's in here. Do you, do you see what I mean? Now, I'm not saying rely on this as your your game tactic or something, but it's an interesting thing, isn't it? Because I don't really have, I, you know, I don't I don't have any huge status or anything like that. But it, you can put yourself into environments where it, you know, it looks like you've got a bit of status, and if you're a well put together dude and everything like that, you can carry it off. Now, neither of us. I mean, your channel is is twice the size of mine and you know we, we've got small followings on social media neither, neither of us have got huge status but we you know we've got a few quid we could go to like um we could go to a fancy you know nice place in Mykonos we could have dinner there we could be sitting there, you know and, and people are going to look at us and they'll be like oh those dudes are quite well dressed they're having this dinner at this you know this nice place you know there's something about them right you could give an impression of status without being Louis Capaldi, right? Do you, do you see what I mean? Or is that I a do. bit shallow the way that I'm No, I do. I absolutely do. I absolutely do. What would you, if I had to put you on the spot and say, if you're just going, remove game from the equation, which it's hard to do, but let's just say remove game. What yeah. proportion, uh, you know, of importance would you allocate to looks versus money to status in, in a terms of a percentage out of 100? Because you had Wheat Waffles, right? Who's more black pill guy. He said, right, 70% looks. The rest is kind of game social status money i'd refute that and 
say that money and or, or status actually is the most predominant factor. And yeah. often it's hard to separate from money because status seems to come with money, right? Because as you said, it's a it's a byproduct of success. It's a byproduct of having a high position of society as you get lots of money. So it's quite hard to separate those two, but I'd say as a combination, money and status, I mean, they're just incredibly uh, powerful factors. Mm. Mm. Um, if, if it's a zero-sum game between those three, you know, that, that would be my opinion. I'd say it's 70, 80%. You know, money yeah. 20% looks, even less on the looks. I don't know. Well, I suppose, yeah, no, I, I absolutely agree. And I was going to say something like 70% um, for, for status of money. But I suppose the only thing is if that's undeniably true, but I suppose you could also say, but if you haven't got any status and you haven't got any money, but actually you're good looking, you're still, you're still kind of going to get laid. So I suppose the problem, while that's true, I suppose the problem is for the dude who, doesn't have the status so he's already missed out on the 70 percent, and then and he's also not that great looking so what does he do but what we're saying is what can you control well your looks you can control your looks to some degree i mean there are absolutely things you can do up to and including like looks maxing cosmetic surgery stuff like that i think Botox. that's the point we make is actually uh sorry to interrupt you Troy, but really the, hmm. the percentages are somewhat irrelevant why not just do all of them which yeah, is yeah, get yeah. as much money as you fucking can, cultivate as much money as you can, as much treasure in your little pile, in your little dragon cave. Why not, you know, max out your looks where possible? Why not max out status? And, and Myth Twist makes a very good point here. Status and fame aren't the same thing. Guys need to stop confusing that. A teacher has status in a classroom. A chef has status in a kitchen. A pilot has status on a plane. None need to be famous. So again, mm. we're, we're putting in fame as an extreme example, aren't we? But actually, yeah. status isn't fame necessarily. As as you said, it's a fluidity of power. So it can yeah. be the CEO in his own company, or yeah. it can be the fireman, or it can be the doctor with his with his nurses he's bossing around. Yeah, and and, and actually, it's probably worth saying that um, it, it, in a sense that you could almost say the definition of game is demonstrating status in a way because the whole way that we teach a guy to do the approach to be confident to have that swagger to have a bit of cockiness about him and all that what that's really doing is making it is amplifying his status because if you walk through the bar and you've got a bit of a swagger to you and you you, you know you're well dressed and you you know you look like you've got it going on then people look at you and they think wow this guy's this guy seems to have status and that makes you more attractive in the eyes of the woman what rather compared to you know, you, you sort of stare at her for half an hour and then walk over and go, oh, excuse me, can I can I buy you a drink? You know, like you, you go over, you're confident, you're bossing it. That makes you more attractive. And that, to some degree, overrides the way that you look or can do anyway. I think so. I think that's a great point. Uh, Mr. Zolo makes another very good point. Should write another book, probably. He's got some very succinct info. Big fish, small pond. Even being the bar owner, you're the big dick in the room. Same with the lead singer of a shitty band in a club. Both get their pick, or just be the white guy. Most of Asia, he's right, you know. Well, this is, um, by the way, by the way, this is this is just quickly. This is something that blows blew my mind yesterday. Um, because this the thing about travel maxing that is to say, going to different countries because your your status may be higher there, right? So if we go to Ukraine, or I don't know, we go to Mexico or something, perhaps our status is a bit higher. Maybe it's a little bit easier to date the local girls there because of that. You know, we've got that exotic value. Um, and we were saying that Red Bull guys, there are some Red Bull guys who don't believe in that, who think that's that's not a thing to do. That just completely blows my mind. I can't see why anybody would not 
jump at the opportunity to to go to a different country to go to a different geographical location where you know your your the, the odds are stacked a bit more in your favor it ju that just seems to be a complete no-brainer you don't need to have a word like geomaxing for it it just it's just like such an obvious thing i don't see why anybody would be against that and i think that's absolutely something everybody should do yeah i agree um it it, it just seems to be yeah intuition would would make would 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 allow you to understand that's obvious, isn't it? When you when you have just basic economics of abundance and, and scarce assets, yeah. and you are the scarce asset as a guy who's from London in say Warsaw or Berlin, even or, or further mm. the, the further afield you go, the more exotic you become. But well, yeah, absolutely, leverage up your value because you're a scarce asset, um, straight, and so you're yeah. an. Yeah, I mean, why why not do that? And plus, it's fun because obviously it's fun to travel, it's fun to experience different cultures, fun to meet you know girls of different you know backgrounds and so on and so forth yeah i mean that, that again it's, it's a bit like looks maxing i think looks maxing is a no-brainer i don't see why anybody would not do looks maxing or be against looks maxing absolutely take your you know looks are important so take that to the to the max that you can travel maxing as well yeah why not it just seems a complete no-brainer to me i don't think there should be on any on disagreement on it on a Darwinistic level, it's literally completing Darwin's, you know, it's going to have Darwin spinning in his grave with, with joy, isn't it? Because you can be anywhere in the world within a within 24 hours. You, 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 your body, you know, although we've, we've obviously uh, invented uh, contraception on a, on a kind of psychologically evolutionary level, you're basically completing the game by spreading your seeds a man far and wide. Um, there's an interesting point here, I, you know, uh, from Unique 79. Troy, men should never go overseas for women, go overseas to travel, but not to look for skirts. Why do you think he's saying that? And I'm know. just going to run to the toilet. Give me one second, but maybe have a stab at trying to answer that. What's your thoughts on that? Um, I don't know. Why are you saying that, Unique 79? Is that because you think that it's sort of weak to do that? Because you think that... Um, the guy should be able to meet women in his own country, should be able to get laid in his own country, and therefore it's sort of a sign of a less valuable man in, to do that? Or is it because, is it for some more nationalistic reason where you think that, uh, I don't know, that it's a bad thing to do in order to, uh, you know, for, for maybe for the, like, the local guys in that area or something like that. So I'm not really sure what the reasoning is, but I just don't see any reason at all. I don't see any reason at all why you shouldn't do that. It just seems to me such a fantastic opportunity that we've all got now, right, that we didn't have before. We've got this fantastic opportunity now to travel relatively easily. I mean, obviously, COVID is, is, not, COVID is not helping things at all, but we've got this amazing opportunity to be able to travel reasonably easily and cheaply and, and meet women from different cultures it just seems to me like such a fantastic thing why would you not want to do that the the best four years i had i i thought when i first started doing this stuff i was learning it in london i grew up in london so for three years i was tramping around oxford street don't get me wrong had some great experiences london is a great place to learn cold approach because you have volume of people but the most fun i've had has been the last four years jetting around the globe the craziest experiences the most i've felt alive the highest highs the lowest lows uh, the coolest people i've met both on a dating context, but just people in general, because when you travel, it gives you perspective. I mean, it's a no-brainer for me. Just to, yeah. to travel as a man is, is something that I think every man should do at one stage, literally just fuck off for six months and make it make it happen. Yeah. Um, but on top of that, absolutely. Like, if, for example, you know, this is, I don't want to make it racial, but if you're a white guy living in London, right, um, 
but you really like lighter, uh, darker skinned women. I know Mark from, from Naughty Nomad, not to put words in his mouth, but I've had this conversation before. He's got a real thing for, say, that North African look. Mm. It'd be, it's, it's foolish to not, if you really, if you know what you like, right? It's foolish not to fly, given the circumstances in which we live, where it's so easy to travel, not to fly somewhere like Morocco or mm. Ethiopia or something like that and, and put yourself in a, in a place where there's going to be a high proportion of these type of women you like physically. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't see, yeah, I don't, I don't see why anyone wouldn't do that, if that makes sense. Yeah, completely. I mean, somebody, Myth, Tra- Myth Twist said the, the reason guys don't agree with traveling is because, uh, they feel they're selling out or pathetic. Even Tusk said he used to think approaching in London, outside London is cheating. So I think that, I, I think did, I got yeah, this that, weird that, idea with it, but it was yeah. stupid. And it's, it, I was wrong. I don't know why I got, I, I got caught up with this kind of day game purity of like, Oh, if you haven't got her from Oxford street and it's not a day game approach, it's not a real bang. And all that I've just got, I, I got stupid, you know, you get, you get somewhat delusional. I don't know why I thought that, but it was a it's, stupid it's, theory it, in terms of how I thought. Yeah, it's funny, isn't it? Because it's sort of within the mas- the male myth- mythos, isn't it? I mean, look at James Bond. I mean, what is James Bond, really, other than him going to loads of different countries and, you know, having sex with lots of beautiful women in different countries and, and sort of blowing things up? I mean, it- it's sort of like, it's it's when you think about it, it's actually a very male archetype, isn't it, um, to, to do that? So it's kind of strange that people are, are anti it. This idea that it's cheating, I just think is sort of, but so so what? Oh, it's, it, it's better it's to stay in. It's better to stay in Scunthorpe, and you know. I think yeah, again, it, it comes down to, to maintaining the status quo. The human psyche is designed to keep itself in a comfort zone. I was probably in some way comfortable. I was thinking, oh, okay, yeah. I'm doing some damage in London. I've got a you know probably going on two dates a week, doing sleeping with reasonable girls. Why change that? Why risk it? You know, that's probably played into again everything we can possibly want in life is the other side that fear barrier, right? Yeah, we are mm. men are not prisoners of fate, of but simply of their own minds. We create our own mental prisons. Um, thank you to Jake Gennaro. I actually interviewed this guy. He's uh, or went on his channel. He's a good guy, Troy. You should get in touch mm. with him. He's a Brazilian guy living in Sao Paulo. Um, cold good approach stuff. day game, cool guy. Girls in Serbia watch a lot of Brazilian soap operas. That gave me some status. A fancy waiting to happen. Also lost count of how many girls asked me to teach them how to dance and translate. Despacito in the air, good times. Yeah, yeah, it is fluidity. Um, nice, nice. Where, so, I mean, yeah, where are we kind of going with this? What else do we need to cover? Because I'm, I'm well aware where we've got 116 people watching. So clearly, this is a topic looks money status and the black pill and how it fits together into kind of, I guess, the red pill and and um, and I guess moving out of COVID, how this stuff is all going to kind of entwine itself well, is going to be a topic we're going to keep going with because it's obviously extremely popular. But um, mm-hmm. what, what else well, have we got to discuss? Um, just one thing on, on stats as well, because another stat that we gave you yesterday was that in the younger age group, there's 105 men for every 100 women. Now, the, the only the issue with that stat was he didn't say where. He didn't say, is that global? Is that just in the UK? Is that in Europe? Is that in the United States? So he, we, you need to you need to sort of just look at these stats a little bit and sort of dig into them a little bit. But, but because... We know that there are there are places in the world where actually the ratios are skewed the other way, and um, parts of Eastern Europe and Russia are, are, are one of those, aren't they? Where actually there are slightly fewer men compared to women. So again, this whole thing about geography and putting yourself, in, giving yourself the best possible chance, you can put yourself in a place where 
I, I remember the first time I, I go to Russia, I'm going up and down the escalators in the subway. I'm getting like loads of IOIs from really attractive girls, much more, you know, I can't get arrested in London. And then suddenly I get on a plane four, four hours later, you know, suddenly I'm, I'm getting all this attention for some reason. I think it's changed a little bit now. Um, this was back at, about 10 years ago. But, um, you know, why is that? Well, because firstly, they could tell that I was not from there. So I had that little bit of exotic value. And secondly, you know, in in, in that territory, that there, there are slightly fewer men than women. And so there's greater competition. And this is why, you know, you talk to a Russian girl, I've got my friend uh, over in St. Petersburg, talk to her and she will say, look, I mean, girls have to compete a bit more for guys over in Russia. And this is why often when you're in Russia, you'll see a worldie with a dude who's subpar in terms of looks or whatever because the market is different over there now you know that i'm not saying that's a good thing i'm not saying it's a bad thing but it is a thing and it's something that you can leverage if you get a visa and a plane ticket it is what it is what would you say to this troy for me cheating is going to third world countries for the sole purpose of getting laid it's beta well i don't know man i mean like i don't but you don't have to go for the sole purpose of getting laid that's the other thing right you know um i but 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 like I why said, is it, but why is it why is it cheating? Life is life isn't fair. Like what? Why is it cheating? I, I don't I, get I, it. it. It depends. I mean, I, I don't know where um, where he's uh, writing from. But I mean, I felt that myself. I mean, I, I there was a time actually, even with foreign girls in the UK, um, when I started to date, say Polish girls, um, back in the two thousand and seven or, or whatever, there was a little bit of me that thought. And, and and I'm almost ashamed to admit it, but there's a little part of me that thought, oh, is, is is that sort of cheating a little bit? You know, she's not, it's not an English girl. It's not, but why would I, like, like, let's, let's, I don't want to upset anybody here, but let's be honest, on average, Polish women tend to be more attractive than British women. Not to say there aren't very beautiful British women, there absolutely are, but, you know, let's be honest, that, um, that, that those Slavic genetics, you know, they're, they're, they're very good. And you've got a lot of very beautiful Polish women. So in, there, there was a part of me that was thinking, oh, this is almost cheating. And then I was thinking, but 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 what is the grand prize of not cheating? <laughs> you know, and like if you're living in Scunthorpe, are you saying, well, don't, no, don't travel. Just pull a local, you know, girl from Scunthorpe. That's not cheating. That's alpha. If you go to Poland, that's beta. It's like, well, even if that were true, what is the massive advantage of staying in Scunthorpe anyway? You're really, you know, if you're looking at it from that Richard Dawkins selfish gene level, your your yeah. your your one prerogative in life is to try and basically hook up with the highest value mate you can, um, right? Yeah. On, on both sides, whether you're male or female. So by not hustling to the to the to the to the nth degree and not using every trick in the book to try and do that, it's superfluous right well, yeah exactly and, and i'd almost go back to the sort of great uh, robert green sort of philosophy about this kind of stuff it's a bit like you know not that he's written i don't think a chapter about going to different countries to meet women but it, it's kind of like look you get on to him i did i did yeah. send him a i did send him did a you? message on instagram saying let's uh let's do a thing but you know he's probably spammed with messages all day long do you know, and didn't do you respond but, you know uh, I'd love to get him on to talk about yeah how power the role of power in seduction that'd be a fascinating one. Yeah, but um, yeah, exactly. You you got to look at it. And this is going back to the black pill point. It's like yeah, things aren't fair. The world is unfair. Um, you know, in certain markets, you're going to be judged more severely than other markets. So you have got to look at the reality. You've Got to think. Okay, well, I'm I'm 
you know, this kind of, I'm an average guy, I'm an average height, I'm this, I'm that, I'm not that rich, I'm blah, blah, blah. But then, like you say, every trick in the book, okay, so how do I bend the rules? Well, maybe I go to um, Latin America, maybe I go here, maybe I, maybe I go somewhere where the odds are more stacked in my favour. I don't think that's a bad thing. What are you supposed to do otherwise? Feel virtuous in yourself. I'm, I'm really alpha because I stayed in Bridgewater and didn't pull a muscle. You, you, you know, like okay. I, 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 t I tick the alpha box because I didn't travel to get laid. But like, but what kind of a life is that? And he actually comes back. He said, "Toss Troy, why would you not? Why would you want to sleep with girls who are open to fucking five out of ten foreigners?" He's being complimentary, calling us five out of ten foreigners. Uh, they might be attractive, but they're not high value. Um, but it's, a woman it's... for me, a woman for me doesn't have to be high value, right? Why would I, you know, we all know the the celebrity effect on women uh, for men is not there, right? So if you were like, do you want to sweet sleep with Meryl Streep or a smoking hot unknown prime, you know, very good looking in her peak, uh, you know, Ukrainian unknown local girl, I'm obviously going to go for the local girl, right? It's not to do with value. It, it, it just doesn't really... Oh, I don't know. I mean, like, what, what does high value mean? Who cares about high value anyway? What does high value really mean? I mean, like, I um, had a, well, I've, I know this this girl in St. Petersburg who I've had a thing with and, um, you know, I'm still in touch with and we'll probably meet up with when we're over there. And she is a, you know, university professor. Is that high value? I'd, I'd say so. You know, she's what she's doing a PhD. Very, very intelligent woman. Um, you know, professional job, very accomplished speak several different languages you know it's it's like it, it's not as you know he's he's just thinking oh you're just go it's like you're going to magaluf and you're pulling some girl at the in the you know it's not the same you, you, you know it's like no it's like no you, you go and you make connections with people and some of those connections can be genuine and, and long-lasting with with people who are do you, do you know what i mean it's like there's this stereotype i think you get on the plane and it's almost like some lad's holiday and you're over in like you know uh, Malia or something, and they're they're doing their sort of wet t-shirt competition. It's just like a quick bag. I mean, obviously that kind of stuff happens, but we're, I'm not necessarily talking about that. I'm talking about going to no. culture, but meeting people and the dating. The way the dating works is is the same as it would in London or anywhere else. It's not automatically low quality women. In fact, if, argue, anything, if anything, you're going to have to work harder in some respect because you know you, the, the benefit of living in a country is you're able to establish social standing and status and power, and going in as a complete nobody out of society doesn't do you any favors initially well I, um, and argu arguably if you go somewhere like russia as well you're you're actually going to meet higher quality women because you know i'm sure you've experienced this but you 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 go on a date in russia and she's talking about pushkin and Chekhov and dostoevsky and stuff and then speaking, you're in you know so speaking to you in in english for a start which yeah. you know what, what are the yeah. odds of most english women speaking russian right yeah. <laughs> well, you know whereas you, you go on a date in london and she's talking about love island and netflix and you know Caramel Car um, lattes and stuff. So you know, it's um, we've got a follow up here. It's cheating. So I think we're this is another guy chiming in, but we're still on that topic. It's cheating because you're running away from your natural environment. What does that mean, natural environment? Are you saying that because you're born in a certain place, you must stay there and defend the fatherland? I mean, it's it's just <laughs> it's nonsensical behavior. I was technically born in Hong Kong. Does that mean I should actually be only? approaching people in hong kong i should transport myself i was born in hong kong grew up in london does that mean i should transport myself back to the motherland and just be approaching within hong kong i mean it's well, just a lot of these and escaping your problems 
I mean, it's not. I don't even want to bother flashing it up. It's not a coherent argument, is it? No, not really. I mean, again, I go back to the the point of you know, if you're in Scunthorpe or you're in like uh, I don't know, Levenshulme or something, is it is it better to sit there because some bloke on the internet says said it's better to travel? I mean, like, what is the advantage if there are better places that you could go to to have a more interest? And also, it's, again, it's about life, isn't it? It's, this isn't just about getting laid. You know, this is about like you, your life is ending one minute at a time. Right. You know, um, some guys don't like travel. Like I, I've got friends who really do not like the concepts of traveling around. They're perfectly happy here. They haven't really traveled much. They don't like flying. They don't like exploring new places. But if you like that as a guy and you also like dating women that, you know, you find attractive. Why wouldn't you be approaching in these countries you travel to, or why yeah. wouldn't you go to a place if you're geared, if you like a particular type of look? Um, it's saying that you have to stay in one place and it's cheating. You know, you're just a prisoner of geography, right? You're born in a place, and it's like, oh no, you must stay here. Who's 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 saying that you must stay there? Who are you reporting to? You know, mm. going, oh yeah, I, I I stayed there. I you know I dated the girls in my local area. Does that also apply on a macro level where you're not allowed to leave the town you were born in? I mean, mm. where does it end with this stuff? There's no there's no logic. There's no rhyme or reason. A few guys have been saying this stuff, but there's no actual coherent argument here. You're just kind of spewing stuff out, and this isn't again a personal attack on you guys, but there's nothing for us to kind of get our teeth into here, is there? There's no logic. Yeah, I I just think that life is a game. Um, ultimately, and you want to stack the odds in your favor as much as you can in all aspects, right? Not just dating, but in other things as well. And I mean, where you're born is arbitrary as well. You know, I happen to be born in England. Well, you know, and this is why I'm not it's really. All, a it's all fucking. It's all. It's all nonsense, isn't it? It's this just is some some old it, fogies it, slapped a name on it back in the day. Well, this uh, is what, it doesn't mean shit. This is why I'm not really a nationalist. I mean, I love Britain. I, I'm proud, you know, I, I suppose I'm proud to be British and stuff, but I'm not a massive nationalist and I never buy into the massive, the jingoistic nationalist stuff because it's a bit like, it's kind of a coincidence though. Do you know what I mean? It was just like, it's the. Yeah, you had no, you had no control of it. Uh, yeah, I just, it I just happened to be, I happened to be born on this bit of rock. Um, so what? What does yeah. that mean, really? Um, Mark actually sums up quite well. It's not running away, it's traveling and it solves problems. You gain confidence, interesting stories, perspective. Yeah, it's true. I mean, the, the, the best stories I have, as I've said before, have come from the far, last four years of, of jumping around traveling. The most interesting tales I've had, the coolest experiences, the most I've felt alive as a human being, emotionally up and down, have been from traveling and, and traveling around different countries. So, I mean, in my mind, it's something that I really like doing. I don't think there's any issue to it. Um, mm. Again, mm. I'd, I'd challenge anyone who's kind of got this view of, of being anti-traveling and anti, I guess, dating abroad to actually go and try it. And then from a perspective of you've done that, then I'd say, fair enough, you can comment. I mean, it's, it's a bit like, you know, I've, I've done a bit of boxing in my life, but not a massive degree, right? It's a bit like, you know, everyone on the Saturday night when a Mayweather fight's on, being suddenly being the boxing experts, isn't it? Having not really ever stepped in a ring, being like, oh, he's going to end him in the third with a left hook. It's kind of like, well, I, I kind of get, you know, I, I respect people's opinions when they've actually gone through something as well. But it's hard to take opinions seriously of people when they've got no real life experiential version well, of events. 
I mean, I mean, you know, like if people don't like travel, I, I, I get that. That's a diff- That's a slightly different thing because I mean, let's face it, I don't particularly like getting on planes and things like that because it's a pain in the butt. Oh, you, especially... are you scared of flying? <laughs> Sorry, you watched, have you watched too much air crash investigation? No, it's not even that. It's just all of the tests and especially now with the COVID stuff and everything. It's all a, it's all a bit of a pain in the butt, isn't it, at the moment? But. Um, but I think so. But that's one thing, you know, if you don't if you're not so keen on travel, that's one thing. But um, if you think it's cheating, I just think that's a I just I don't really understand the argument or where it gets you if you choose not to cheat. I don't see how that makes your life better. You're like, OK, well, I didn't cheat. I stayed in Staines for my entire life and only dated women from Staines. OK, great. So you're an Internet alpha. Like, well, I, I just, uh, do you know what I mean? Just, I just don't really get it. Oh, here we go. Cheating because you're abusing the political and wealth differences and not working on yourself to attract women in your natural environment. Um, if you're a black pill guy, you've kind of flown in the face of, of what you're about there with the saying that basically, yeah, wealth and status play a role. Um, you're abusing your high status in a low wealth country. I mean, these are just complete generalizations, aren't they? I think they are. I mean, it's a, it's a slightly sort of moral, moralistic finger wagging. It's a moralistic sort of, argument as well. Sort of argument, a, which, uh, and again, I mean, if the, like we're talking about the black pill, I mean, the whole basis of the black pill is that the, the market, the sexual marketplace is very cruel and animalistic and, you know, there's no compassion or anything like that. And um, if we are playing in that marketplace, and I agree to, to, you know, to a large extent that we are, then, you know, as we said, you want to bend the rules, you want to find ways to, um, make things a bit easier on yourself. Now, having said that, what he's talking about here is getting towards saying, oh, you're flying over to some third world country and you're abusing your wealth to meet um, impoverished women kind of thing. And that's absolutely not what we're talking about, you know. Yeah, and, and just to follow up from that, James, I'm not saying to travel, not to travel or not to approach women abroad, but many guys are escaping their countries to look for women abroad. But I, I don't see why that's a problem. Why not, if you don't like where you are, if you don't like the girls where you are, then why not get on a plane and go elsewhere? I mean, there uh, is a problem. There's obviously the problem with the guys who get who get stung with sort of, um, you know, the marriage agencies and Thai brides. And well, Ukrainian that's just retarded, isn't it? I mean, yeah, mm. absolutely. Mm. Yeah. If, you, if you're stupid enough to go and give someone 100 grand as a matchmaker in Ukraine um, without doing your research, quite frankly, I mean, yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's your own fault, right? You're going to get you're going to get done in. Um, Tusker ignoring the point, third world countries are usually shitholes. Again, massive generalizations, right? I spent a lot of time in Brazil. I love mm. the place. I love the people. That's yeah. technically a third world country. It's not a shithole mm. at all. Mm. Um, yeah. Travel to first world countries by all accounts and still game. Why do you have to go to first world countries? These are just random kind of musings, aren't they, that have been, for whatever reason, is formed the basis of this guy's philosophy. But there's no logic or rhyme or reason to it. No, I mean, because, yes, you can travel to, to first world countries and you can, you, you know, you can game there. And I, and I mean, we've both done that. But um, it's also, again, it's also about the, it's wider than dating. It's also about the fabric of your life. You know, do you just want to go to countries that are on the beaten track that everyone else goes to? You know, I, I mean. Clearly that, not. Clearly not. Because if you look yeah. at Bald and Bankrupt, who's one of the most popular travel YouTubers, right? It's, yeah. again, that philosophy of negativity and watch the world burn. He just absolute dumps. You know, you know, mm. particularly dangerous places where there is zero money on purpose. And how watchable is that? How much of an yeah, experience yeah, is that as well? Yeah. 
I, I don't know. It's it's surprising that there's a there's this amount of pushback on this issue, really, because I would have just thought it's a, it's a bit of a no brainer, really. I don't. Well, I just don't. I'm, I'm shocked that it's on this and not something else we've talked about with looks, money, or status. Yeah, <laughs> it's about traveling. Yeah. That's, yeah. the, that's the the great irony of it. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I mean, the, I mean, in terms of the whole argument or not argument, in terms of the whole discussion about black pill and red pill, and you know, yeah, that's that's nearly nearly two hours. So let's let's try and summarize our our, our tangled web of thoughts. Travel is a, a relatively smallish part of it. We're not saying that's the entire solution because that's the other thing, right? Because these guys are criticizing because they're saying you're not you're not improving yourself in your home country. But but that is your message, James. Is improve yourself, isn't it? In your home country, it's not it's not the entirety of our message. Is I'll oh, just travel, you know. Um, so traveling is an element of it, but it's not the big. It's not necessarily the biggest element. Um, it's an travel. You got to travel. Yeah, travel for me has become a part of the fabric of my life. Um, but I'm absolutely not saying you need to be doing that if you prefer to stay where you are. The message is still that we both put out. The only real dating advice a la Mark Manson is self-improvement. Maxing and out I, every area. And, and also, just, just one other thing. I mean, you've got to self-improve. If you th- like, This is the mistake a lot of guys make because they think, oh, you just step on the plane, you, you go to Poland, and then you're going to walk out and you're just going to be pulling worldies and it's no problem. But it's not true at all. You've got to improve your value anyway. Right. You know, there's this misconception. I mean, yeah, I'm sure there are some destinations, maybe the Philippines or something like that, where it is very, very much skewed in your favor and you can look like a sack of crap and still get results. But a lot of the places we're talking about, like we're going to Moscow um, in a few days time. One of the most expensive cities on the planet, you know, the most billionaires, I think, on the planet. I mean, if you think you can turn up in Moscow and just meet some like, you know, um, you know, supermodel, and it's just easy. Then you're you're completely deluded. Culturally, I mean, the odds are against us, which is what I like. I like the fact that you know, with cold approach, the odds are stacked against you, and you're going to get yeah. a lot of blowouts and rejection. There's going to be a lot of like, kind of, you know, woe me, but you're doing it from a kind of uh, let's just get on with it kind of way. But look, we're we're going to one of the world's richest you know cities with the highest amount of billionaires. Um, we don't speak the language at all. So that's going to be obviously running against us. Um, these are extremely high-value, attractive women. And culturally, Russia is a, a very cold place. They don't mm. do well with meeting strangers in the street, right? Yeah. So when you, when you kind of add all that stuff up, this isn't a case of us getting off the plane and suddenly, you know, Putin's delivered us a load of fucking models as much as I'd like that, to, you know, an invite to the Black Sea pad he's got. Unfortunately, that's not a reality of what's going to happen. And there's going to be a lot of pain, a lot of rejection, a lot of like twiddling our thumbs going, what the fuck are we up to? Mm. Um, but that's part of the beauty of all this is the odds are against you. So, yeah, the, I agree. There's this misconception. And we're not talking about the Philippines and Thailand. We're talking mm. about just normal countries traveling. It's not necessarily easier. You might get an in from women once you're in because you're a scarce asset. But you've still got to put in the work, right? Sexual yeah. economic dynamics are always in play. You're not just going to roll up to a country and models are going to be delivered to you on tap. It doesn't work like that. Yeah, um, absolutely. Um, um, particularly in this day and age of Instagram and all the rest of it, which you, you I think you were talking about yesterday. You know, um, it's uh, it's probably getting harder out there. If anything, even even with traveling. Yeah, this is the this is interesting. That maybe we're going to have to do another uh, podcast at some stage or, or live stream on this about the traveling element because this seems to have got rolled a lot of people up. Interestingly. I never mm. thought it'd be this element that people were caring about as much. Mm. Um, but mm. we will come back and do something like that, talking about 
kind of the, the pros and cons of, of traveling for game and why it's maybe we could ask there. maybe mark would uh, like to join us potentially yeah that'd be a good one because he's obviously traveled extensively he's had a blast mm. of a life um yeah that, that'd be a good topic but i guess yeah just getting back to it just to sum up kind of this discussion today because i'm well aware we've been going a while and we need, both need to get on with things but how does it all you know moving forward in in uh, what are the key takeaways for guys that kind of <laughs> dipped in and out of the red pill, have dipped in and out of the black pill, who've kind of aware of, of money and status also playing a role? What are some kind of key takeaways guys can actually use and apply moving forward practically, which is going to help them do the best they can with the opposite sex this year? Well, I think, you know, you need to recognize that uh, uh, much of what the black pill says is correct, right? I mean, looks do matter. It, they do make a difference. Um and also as well, and even though they don't necessarily preach it as much, status and, and money do as well. So the first thing to say is, yeah, you, you, you know, max out your looks. I mean, do whatever you can. There's a lot of things that can be done now. Uh, now, I know people will say, yeah, it's the face, uh, you know, the, the the bone structure and all that kind of thing. Well, you know, but but even then, there are things that can be done. You know, there are... There, there is, there is surgery. There is, there is actually non-surgical things you can do as well, uh, things like fillers and stuff like that. Um, I mean, obviously, you've got your grooming, you've got your hair, you've got your, your fashion, you've got staying in shape, which is a key thing. But even in terms of the actual facial stuff, assess what needs, you know, what could be improved. Acne is a, is a great example. I had bad acne as a teenager. You can take, uh, you can take Raricotane, right, and it, it kills it. You know, it's, it's a powerful drug, but it, it kills it, right? So. Look at obvious flaws, work out what can be done and work towards getting that done. You know, and even if it is surgery and it's going to cost you a few grand, um, work towards that. Right. Do do what needs to be done. You know, um, stuff. It's, it's remarkable. I've, I've worked with a few people in recent times and I've said to them, like, I'm, I don't put any punches. I've said to them, look, man, you, you get rid of the glasses unless you're Johnny Depp and you're a fucking A-lister and you're also in a band. You're probably not going to look better with glasses. Get contacts or get laser. Yeah. Um, they've got, you know, crooked yellow teeth. I'm like, man, sort that out. They've got terrible yeah. acne. I'm like, come on, sort that out. And they're like, well, yeah, I'm thinking about it. It's like, come on. These are no-brainers. A lot mm. of the time, mm. guys, again, they just don't want to help themselves, do they? Um, yeah. And, because and, yeah, absolutely, we're saying max the looks out. Start with the soft looks, I, I guess, like the fashion, the grooming, uh, things like laser, things like, um, you know, teeth whitening, everything that doesn't require hard surgery. And then if there's a couple of elements that you can afford to change and that are really causing you a lot of problems uh, internally in terms of your self-esteem levels in a game, then look to fix those as well. Yeah, I think you've also got to be really honest with yourself and take a proper look at yourself and maybe get a second, third opinion or whatever. And, yeah, and a second, try, try third to opinion. Figure out, like, yeah. am, I, am, I as, am I as bad as I think? I think that's the important thing to say. Because, I, like I said, I believe in, in the majority of cases, I think guys watching this content are probably predominantly right. going to fall into the average category. So they're not Brad Pitt, but they're also not irredeemable, okay? Now, yes, there are... You know, there's going to be some people who do fall, unfortunately, into that into that lower category where it, this really, really is a big issue for them. And it's going to be harder for those guys. We're not sugarcoating that. We can't lie about this. Nobody's lying about this and saying, yes, just use our six key tricks and you're going to pull a supermodel. That's not what anybody's saying. There, There is going to be a tier of guys for whom this is going to be harder. But I believe that the majority of people who come to this content, you're probably going to fall into the middle. And so the value of going into the doom and gloom and going into the it's over mentality is it, it, you can ruin your life. 
And There's it, zero it, it, point in doing it. There is zero point in doing it. it. Right. Yeah, it, it, exactly. It concerns me that a bunch of guys, and I was one of them, get pulled into this way of thinking when actually they don't need to be, you know. No. And so you've got to be honest with yourself and get a second opinion, a third opinion about... Get a second opinion, not yeah. only on the kind of the fashion, the grooming, but also the fashion. I mean, my, you know, my fashion is better than it was. It's not the best. You know, I, I'm quite like, um, you know, I stick to certain things. Could it get better? Probably. Can, can I improve my status? Absolutely. Is that a work in progress? Absolutely. Can you always get more, more power? Yeah, absolutely. I think guys need to stop seeing it as, you know, you do, you do a couple of things and, and the job's done. It's, it's kind of like you commit to this stuff for life, don't you? A bit like going yeah, to the yeah. gym. You don't stop going to the gym. You don't stop learning a language. You don't stop making money. You have to commit to this, this stuff over the long haul thinking, right, if I just try and work on it bit by bit, my life will be better because of that. And I think that's yeah. kind of the premise with all this stuff is absolutely max out looks, max out the money, max out status. But then also realize that as human beings, everything we do in terms of communication is social skills. And you can't not become more emotionally intelligent by working on interacting with other human beings. And yeah, definitely. A, yeah, I mean, everything you could possibly want in life is accessible through social skills, right? Yeah, through either building yeah. relationships with someone powerful or someone with access to that thing or getting someone to teach you how to do that thing or following in the footsteps of someone that's done that thing. And that's all about active listening. That's all about interacting with people, building that social emotional intelligence. That's unavoidable. Yeah. That really is game. What people talk about when they talk about game is essentially social skills and, and social and emotional intelligence. Yeah, yeah, indeed. And I think also it's important to get real and recognize that whatever people are saying, clearly status and to some extent money do make a difference. You know, like I, I just don't see I don't see how you can robustly refute that argument. I just don't think that that is real world thinking. So I think in recognizing that. You think, okay, so even if my looks, okay, even if I am screwed with my looks, there's nothing I can do. And I think in most cases, there probably is something you can do. Even if that's the case, what can you do about your status? What can you do about your money? Now, then you're going to fall into the, somebody's going to say, well, don't bother because you're not going to become, you know, Ronaldo. So why, so why bother? Right. But that's the wrong way to think about it. You don't have to become Ronaldo. You it's not a zero sum game. That's exactly, the point. It's not exactly. like you either have to be a, a Hollywood A lister or a superstar footballer or, or there's or no point screwed. trying. It's all relative, yeah. right? And mm. self improvement mm. in any format on those areas is going to herald you better results than not doing that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, with that in mind, think about, you know, it's the, what can I control? What can I not control? You know, okay, well, maybe there are elements of my looks I can't, con I can't control, but. I can control my status. I can certainly control my perceived status, but I, you know, you, anybody, you, you know, if we believe in the free in free markets, if we believe in free enterprise and entrepreneurship, anybody theoretically can can make a ton of money these days. Anybody can improve their status in 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 terms of their career. I'm not saying it's easy, but what else are you going to do? And it comes back to this old thing, same old argument. You know, you'll get the doomers saying, "Well, it's you're not going to become a multimillionaire, so why bother? Just sit in your bedroom." You can take that view. I would argue it's better to say, well, okay, the odds are stacked against me, but sod it, I'm going to give it a go anyway because I'm going to die soon. So why why not, right? Why not try and max this thing out? You'll never, you never, it comes back to that that maxim of you never, you never regret the stuff you tried, do you? You only regret the stuff you didn't. So yeah. when you're lying there, you know, in a, a few years on your deathbed, you're only going to have regrets of the shit, the shit you didn't do. I mean, just look at Bronnie Ware's article 
the top regrets of the dying, top five regrets, where she interviewed, you know, hundreds of guys and, and, and women who were dying, you know, of old age mm. and the regrets they had. And, and the, the fundamental themes keep coming back up, right? Um, you know, and it's never about things people did. They, were, they, they care about it's things about, you know, things you didn't attempt and you didn't do. Same yeah. with, same even on a micro level with girls, bringing it back to cold approach. It's never the girls that we approached and got blown out by. We, we give a fuck about. It's the ones that we saw and didn't act on that we think about for the rest of the day. Yeah. So I think that's what it comes down to. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I mean, think, it's, it's a, yeah, sorry, go ahead. I think ultimately, you know, if you've got two choices and one choice is to sort of just accept your fate and do nothing and the other choice is to say, okay, the, the kind of cards that I've been dealt is is not great, but but sod it, I'm just going to give this thing a go anyway. I, I think you may as well go for the latter because time there's is no pass- downside to attempting it, is there? There's no downside well, to just accepting the status quo of where wherever you are, however horrendous and and bad that is, or however good that is, and saying right, can I do anything to change it somewhat for the better? I just mm, can't see mm. how that as a mindset can ever be I know- uh, a bad mindset. No, and again, I mean, there's a, there's a ton of books. I, I mean, the David Goggins book um, that I read actually on your recommendation can't hurt me. I mean, you, there are so many stories of people who've overcome incredible odds to go on and and make you know with and, and and many of us. Let's let's be let's be real about this. We're sitting here pontificating about you know, oh, am I good looking enough or not? The, 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 the it's, it's the ultimate definition of first world problems, really, isn't it? Now, I'm not. I don't want to diminish you know, the misery that some people go through. But I, I get it. But but come on. I mean, in many ways, we're very fortunate. Um, and Very fortunate. You look at these guys as well. Like, uh, you, you're similar to me. We, we we naturally have a tendency to side on the negative and the woe me, yeah. don't we, as people, which is why we kind of enter, enter the self-help industry to kick ourselves up the ass to a large degree. But you look at people like that motivational speaker who's no longer alive, Sean Stevenson. You look at people like the, the, the guy, Nick, whatever he called, the Australian life coach with no arms, no legs. And you just think, Fucking hell, compared to them, I'm not in a bad spot. So something that's always helped me is that kind of negative comparison thing. If I'm feeling a bit Mm. woe as me, get online and see some of these fucking success stories and see the inspirational tales people have gone through and just realize that, Jesus, I've got nothing to fucking complain about. It's time to just get on with it. Yeah, 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 exactly, exactly. I I also think it's worth... You know, just just questioning the data a little bit. When people present data and facts, you know, you can just just have a just ask them to elaborate a little bit. You know, um, I'm not saying it's wrong. I'm not saying it's, you know, or, or even what it reflects is necessarily inaccurate. But I think you know, just accepting stuff at face value is 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 never the best thing to do. It's dangerous, and also you've got to look at the catalyst of why. Right? People always act for a reason. So it's not about necessarily agreeing or disagreeing with someone, but it's it's about thinking why is he pushing that rhetoric? Why is he doing that? And it often comes from something that, you know, hurt them in their past, right? And it's very easy then to form that as a worldview because it's a, a protection mechanism. So always, mm. I think, behind anything, behind anything of what anyone's doing, just think what's in it for them? What's in it pushing that agenda or that rhetoric? Or why are they doing Why are they acting the way they do? Because human beings, we all act the way we do for a reason. There's a why behind everything we do, on both a micro and a macro level. So yeah. it's important to understand that as well. Um and I think, you know, we've done well, mate. We've, we've ranted, ranted an array for two hours. Um, but Excellent. Popular it's an exciting topic, obviously. though. It is a popular topic. And the, look, there's no getting away from looks, money, and status. And I think realistically for both of us, we're, we're kind of pushing this format of talking about social skills more. It's more about building that social-emotional intelligence, isn't it? Having social freedom for what we're doing. 
that's a healthy way to look at this stuff, dating in the 21st century. And yeah. as um, a predicator of that is kind of cold approach, you know, speaking to, to other human beings, forming connections. But there's no getting away from looks, money, status and, and, and the influence they play. And I think moving forward, probably I can speak for both of us. I think it is going to be a, an element we touch on a lot because it is well, linked in fundamentally to what we're doing, isn't it? Yeah, and we've got to be as honest about this stuff as we can. And, you know, may, maybe maybe one point that the Black Pillars have is that we, we can't just brush under the carpet the fact that these things do play a role. Right. Hmm. So we might as well talk about it. You know, we might as well get it out in the open. I mean, if if people agree or disagree with us, but at least let's at least let's at least examine the topic, have a chat about it, you know, see where the parameters lie and what can be done and, and so on and so forth. I think maybe the next one we should go for is, is something to do with the travel at some stage. Maybe try and get Mark on, Mr. Mr. Norsey Nomad, if you're keen and talk about talk about it just because it seems to be an issue which which guys have an issue with. Um, for whatever reason, and we can differentiate between maybe going somewhere like the Philippines and, and also just traveling as, as, as in a general sense. But yeah, it mm. seems to be a hot topic for whatever reason, and it seems to be a big yeah. kind of emphasis on it. it's cheating to do this, that, and the other, which is an interesting one because we want to be talking about relevant stuff, don't we? Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. Mr. Nomad is keen. So on that note, we will do a stream, uh, myself and Troy, probably from Russia, and we'll get Mr. Naughty Nomad on and open it up to the, for the floor about traveling, the pros and cons, whether we it's cheating be We could be getting rejected by some worldies at the same time. Well, yeah, we've still got to do our 30 days of rejection, which shouldn't be too hard in Moscow, given the culture um, of the place being extremely cold. Um, you know, I, I think we'll be able to fulfill that 30 days of rejection very, very quickly. But we've, we've got to make sure we do that, get some clips, because everyone does want, want, want to watch the world burn. And everyone will feel better when they see us getting rejected. Yeah, absolutely. Good to see Ryan Stone in the chat, by the way. Hello, sir. Um, yeah. So, uh, so yeah, it's going to be cool. Nice. Um, any final thoughts? I think we, we've just covered so much, haven't we? Really fascinating discussion. <laughs> I, th I, th I mean, what what could you say except to reiterate? Really, I think that that you know a lot of the, the points that the Blackpool guys make are, are valid. You know, I don't think we can deny that that looks matter. That this has a bearing. Of course, it does. Um, but I think where we're coming from is like, okay, so if we take that as the starting point, how can we move forward positively from that? And I, I believe there are things that we can all do to improve our, our circumstances. I agree. And I think fundamentally maxing out not only your your looks, but also your money and your status and your emotional and social intelligence, i.e. game skills, are all linchpins. All four of them need to be looked at. All four of them need to be pushed to the limit. And again, rather than just accepting the status quo, which is going to generate you no new results or no improved results, looking to improve them even somewhat um, is going to be beneficial to you and your lived experience in this world that we uh we exist in indeed absolutely nice one guys it's been a pleasure this one's been a long one i hope uh there's been some interesting topics for you to take i hope as always someone's taken some sort of value somewhere because that's why we do this uh we are kind of ranting and raving at ourselves and i do love the look of choice beautiful black pill outfit skull and microphone but uh, it is also to try and give value it's over. out the world. it's over guys it's over <laughs> It will be in some, I mean, it will be for all of us at some stage. That's the kind of depressing but incredibly freeing thing about all of this nonsense. Um, well, yeah, that, yeah, exactly, exactly. So, you know. But yeah, any questions, comments, let us know. Next stream will be, actually, we've got Sam, don't we? We're going to be 
doing a stream with Sam, kind of a part two on this, or just kind mm. of elements mm. of this, get his opinion as well from Fluid Social on Sunday. We'll both be in Moscow, myself and Mr. Francis, and then we'll definitely arrange with Mark to do one on the traveling side of it because that'll be an interesting debate in itself as well. And uh, guys, mm. it's been a pleasure for, for tuning in. Thank you for listening to us waffle on as usual. And any questions and comments as usual, our details will be below and get in touch. And we'll... we'll, we'll oh, we'll... one last thing. One last thing. We, we are on with Rollo Tomasi later this evening. So it's just been confirmed, unless it gets moved again. It's just been confirmed. It's going to be 9 p.m. UK time, which I think is um, 4 p.m. EST on Rollo Tomasi's Rational Mail channel. We should be on there later talking about game in 2021 and what game means in 2021 and so on and so forth. So look out for that as well. And it's a bit of a blind, it's, a, it's slightly blind in the sense we don't really know what we're going to be discussing or what the, the kind of agenda will be. So we'll just be kind of just jumping around and seeing what we can do, but producing a similar message to what myself and Troy always preach, which is get out there and, and try and make something happen rather than sitting mm. there and worrying in, in, in self-misery. Good stuff. Good stuff. All good. Guys, it's been a pleasure. We'll talk again soon. And uh, thank you.